Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. And welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you guys very much for being back with us here. It is episode number 184, and it is Monday, July the 13th, 2020. We're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling yet again. As always, I'm Joe Murata. I'm joined by Michael Quinn. How you doing, Michael? Howdy-diddy. We're here, Quinn. We're back. We're back. It's time. We're going to romp everyone through the world of retro wrestling There's going to be a lot of romping. There's going to be some romping through the continent, actually. Yeah, the continent <laughs> wrestling of some kind. Lots I don't of know. stuff, folks. Yeah. Lots of stuff will be going on here. We thank you guys so much for being back with us here. Hope you're all doing okay as we just continue on through the summer of 2020 here. But, some summer. But huh? we're not... Yeah, I know. Uh, but we're not going to be talking about 2020. We're going to be talking about uh, the old times yeah, today. We don't, That's what we do. We don't deal in the 2020. <laughs> no. over here. Only when we just say the date at the beginning. That's about it. That's yeah. all you're going to hear about 2020. But if you want some old stuff over on Twitter, you can follow us there at OVP Podcast. Uh, we have a lot of clips. Yeah, the, all the clips. Tons the, of clips. The most clips in the land that I've heard. You know, and people like them because, you know, we post like things that are somewhat obscure, but also just common things. So you're going to get like, like there was Ted DiBiase debut vi- vignettes and things like DBS. that. Ted DiBiase, sorry. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. Follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can also email us if you want to at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, if people want to talk about retro wrestling with you and me and hundreds of other retro wrestling fans, where may they go? Well, over at facebook.com slash OVP Podcast dot talk. Okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> site yeah dot talk dot talk dot chat slash dot talk okay that's cause it's very technical i either way you can go over there and there's a search bar okay so what happens and you could type our vantage point dash retro wrestling podcast bing bang boob tubes gore kaflooey you know all goes through the machine yeah, i don't know it comes involved. out the other side the operators are like they get like a piece of paper like it's wall street right. in the 20s <laughs> They're like oh uh fred smith wants to join okay and then they punch the button and you're in so fred smith if you're out there why don't you join and anyone else that wants they're to join. waiting for your ticket <laughs> we're waiting for you man uh, but the whole point of our facebook group folks is to talk about old wrestling but to do it in a way where you're uh, not what quinn uh, a dingus don't be a dingus that's we don't dingus over there the Go people ahead. in that room with the ticker uh-huh they're in a non-dingus zone right they you check know? you at the door for they, dingus right? yeah they're like wait is there a dingus coming in this non-dingus room <laughs> get out of here like, get out of here uh the only point though is just be nice to each other be respectful disagree all you want talk old wwf talk wcw nwa awa if you're ruby vasquez whatever you want to talk about yeah awa <laughs> awa <laughs> go do it at our facebook group uh, facebook.talk yeah. it is a lot of fun there and i also want to remind you that if you like pay-per-view view reviews you want to get your hands on them ovp style we have them available at patreon.com slash ovp podcast we're going through all of them starting with wrestlemania one and out right now is SummerSlam 90. We're all the way up to there. Uh, so we're just trudging through. And if you want to get your hands on them, you do that for five bucks a month. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But Michael, we have an opening segment, right? We, we do. do. That. We still I, do that. I've heard about it. Now, it's something, right? It, it's okay. So <laughs> what yeah. we've been doing is we are talking about folks, you know, 
if you go back into retro wrestling's history, right, the 80s, the 90s, and things like that, a lot of times you're going to come across these up-and-comers, these hot young prospects, these new stars, these blue chippers, and sometimes these guys really work out, and they blossom into a whole superstar career. Chris Jericho at one time was an up-and-comer, for example. and he had the happy music. Happy music. I liked it. Young Dwayne Johnson, you ever heard of him? Remember him? him? He was an up-and-comer. But sometimes, Quinn, these guys just don't work the way maybe somebody planned. They fizzle out. They peter out. And all season long, folks, we are talking about the up-and-comers that never came. It's sad. It is. I don't it's like a, it. It's a sad, sad thing. <laughs> Very sad when this What happens. a great way to open the show every week, <laughs> yeah. huh? Good night, everybody. Yeah. Uh, Quinn, this was your pick, so uh, why don't you tell us which up-and-comer that never came are we talking no, about this today? This up-and-comer, he really liked uh, rock and roll and uh, the 80s and stuff. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about this guy is he wasn't around as much in the 80s, even though he's Mr. 80s. Very 80s. This Who is guy it? is Van Hammer. Remember him? Remember Van Hammer? Wow, this is a good one. Yeah. I like this one. I was uh, looking forward to Van Hammer now. That's right. When Van Hammer hits the arena, it doesn't matter where the battle takes place or who my opponent is. When my hammerheads get behind me and stomp that house, it's like thunder and lightning. If you don't know who he is, folks, you've seen him probably in some iteration in WCW. You probably saw him a thousand times. <laughs> yeah. This guy was around way too long. <laughs> so like, long. Way too, like, it's like every version of WCW that probably anybody really watched. Yeah. Because it's like he was around all during their, like, their rise. and The WCW their, promotion. Yeah, their rise, their peak, and their fall, <laughs> like, throughout true. all of it. It's true. Now, Van Hammer was a uh, Mark Hildreth, and he was a... Uh, actually debuted in wrestling in general in 1991. He was trained by Boris Malenko. Boris Malenko. That should tell us something about his uh, entertainment qualities. And uh, Danny Spivey. Yeah. My dad was my Danny. Oh, wow. Danny Spivey. Wasn't Danny Spivey like young still in 1991? Wasn't he like 30 something? (laughs) He helped. Yeah, he was like like 31 or something. (laughs) He helped, okay? And uh, this guy quickly caught the eye of the booker of WCW at the time, who was the Malcolm Dream. Dusty. You know, I mean, look at Eam. Look at Eam. Here's the whole thing. This guy is all looks. He's That's the main thing, and we'll, right. we'll get into that. So, in September of 91, he debuted in WCW, and one of the points of contention immediately with the boys in the back from, I've read this in McFoley's book, I think, and otherwise, is they signed into a $156,000 a year deal. Um, a rookie. I understand. I get it, but, but it's also unproven. Here's the thing. Can I just say this? In 1991... Yeah. This is when they had Turner money. That's a lot of money, though. I'm just saying that this guy is probably one of the early guys that saw the benefit yeah. of, like, well, Turner's like, I want to get the best-looking guys before Vince scoops them up, sure. so I'm going to offer them all big-money contracts. Sure. I mean, big money in Turner money, that's probably nothing. It's giving him $150,000. Oh, like, yeah, to yeah. Turner, it's nothing. Yeah. But for uh, in 1991, to come in with a guarantee of 156000 right. is insane. Oh, it really I, no, is I'm for not, a rookie. I'm, I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just saying that you have to understand the context. Oh, I get the context. That's all. It was a rookie that got paid a lot of money, yeah. and he stunk, and we're going to talk about it How here. How long so. was his contract? Because he was around for like 10 years I don't or know something. what the terms like, were. Because con- 150000 for 10 years is kind of poopy it wasn't 10 years it was per year okay per year per year yes so they gave him this gimmick heavy metal van hammer now the name van hammer quinn i just can't put my finger martin van buren is that it no (sighs) no you know vincent van gogh is that who it's supposed to be no van morrison close who is it uh van halen 
Oh, I've heard of them, right. The Van Halen. So The Van Halen is obviously where this comes from, and the hammer part, because it sounds like Halen and MC Hammer, and just, it sounds just like a I think it sounds also rock. like he'll punch you in the face, <laughs> yeah. like Van Hammer. Right. Now, he was a big guy. He was like 6'6", six, six, probably 270, 280. And this is, this is where I want to say, like, maybe that's a reason why $150,000 a year seem just about right. Because he had the look. He looked like, well, if we get him now, in like five years, he'll be like, Hulk Hogan or something. Right. Because I, I, he does kind of look like him, actually. He, yeah. Like and with, with hair. Kind of with the long hair. He kind of looked like a heavy metal ultimate warrior almost. Yeah. He's kind of like a mix of the two, right? Because right? he's blonde. Big blonde guy, muscular, good look. Well, Van Hammer just found out that at Starcade December 28th, by the luck of the draw, he's teaming up with Dangerous Dan Spivey. Well, Dan and Van have a plan. Problem is, he couldn't wrestle. In this business, you can look like a trillion dollars and bring absolutely nothing to the table. I guess that to them that didn't matter, right? It's like, well, we're getting him. He's very young. We can just teach him how to wrestle. We oh, can yeah. mold him into this thing that we want him to be, right? And that's very WCW thinking. Let's right. just throw a lot of money at the guy before he can wrestle. Good. So he sent him to acting school yeah, and, and send him the power plant. Yeah, he's just a blank slate for us. Oh, so that's, yeah. That's how they, they look at it. Let's just piss the money away yeah. on the guy. So uh, the thing about him is he had a great look. I'll give him that. Now, he wore a Stevie Ray Vaughan style hat, which is not really who you'd associate with Van Halen. But nevertheless, <laughs> he wore a lot of like mesh shirts he wore and, mesh. and he had a guitar he and did. jeans on. And he had a big winning streak. I mean, this guy actually was pushed for a while in 91 and 92 and 93. And can I ask you something, Quinn, about this heavy metal gimmick? Sure. When you're a face and you have a themed gimmick, such as a guitar player, and you can't play guitar, which he couldn't, isn't that bad? Like, it's fine if you're a heel, like a honky-tonk man, it's fine that he can't play. Because he, that's the point. Yes. Or Jeff Jarrett always said he can sing and remember like he never did. But here's the thing is you have to remember also, this again, it, it's all linked to the Turner money. Oh God, you're really defending this. No, it's not a defense. He's terrible. It's not a defense as much as how the presentation came off on TV. Crappy. Because if you go and look, it's, bef- it's, it's when they knew how to actually like not make it look absolutely horrible. Yeah. Like where like basically he came out and since he had an electric guitar, they yes. could just be like strum on it and they would actually like play music and it would yeah with like if you don't know like I know most people, Joe, believe it or not, don't know how to play guitar. Yes, most of the population doesn't. So they just see this. They're not really like thinking about it, right? Yes, and I understand. He, he was, and he of all the people, unlike like Greg Valentine, who looked like he really wasn't playing at all. <laughs> oh, no, that was bad. Like Van Hammer, at least could kind of like pass it off. Like oh, okay, like whatever. I'm not gonna like think about it for more than ten minutes. Like you know. But contrast him to a Max Painter in WWF Man Mountain Rock, where he actually could play. Right. Yeah. It's, and when you're a face, it's probably better to be able to actually do what you're supposed to do it's exactly like, it's like how the dynamic dudes one of them i think it was shane douglas couldn't skateboard right so he just carried it with him but again most of the population doesn't know how to skateboard oh so it's just about can you pass it off that, no. that that's what i look at it as i don't think he could but here's an entrance at the end of the day i mean like who cares and the like, beginning of the day i yeah. guess so anyway he was there all throughout 92 and 93 and at the end of 93 in typical wcw fashion right remember they were doing the disney tapings right they did these months and months in advance, right? So his last televised appearance in 93 was November, okay? Mm-hmm. Taped in July, which what? is just so WCW, right? And just like how like the negative title reigns and all the correct. nonsense that they always do. And in the midst of that, 
he was over in the WWF in July of Wait, 93. Okay, please explain this because I never remember ever seeing Van Hammer. He's like well, Mr. WCW. How could he ever be in WF? All he did was have two tryout matches. So he wasn't even good enough for them? No, I guess not. He had one, uh, I don't know who he faced, and they had another one of the challenge taping where he defeated, uh, or he was defeated by Damian Demento in his tryout. What? <laughs> of all people. So then he goes right back to WCW, because I guess WWF's like, no. Maybe he was just like, <laughs> if you're him, if in real, realistically, you might as well like test the waters, right? Like, I got three years under yeah. my belt, maybe I can get a better oh, deal in WF, right? Sure, yeah. I, I no qualms about that, yeah. right? But he goes back to WCW, and uh, he is involved in the DDP arm wrestling thing in early 95. Remember that? So wait a second. I don't. I seem to remember Max Muscle being involved in that. He faced DDP and oh, Max Muscle interfered. I got you. Got it? So, yeah. Van Hammer, why would you pick him? <laughs> he, like, he's going to beat DDP in a rigged arm wrestling contest. Yeah, sure. Like, He's he's one of the goobers that gets hit by you know Max Muscle. Of course, that was before the, until like Johnny B. Bad shows up that, or whatever, that, or uh, Dave Sullivan or whatever. Or, yeah, it is. whatever. Yeah, didn't Dave Sullivan like legit win or something? He did, right? Well, and then he got, took Kimberly to see the King Lion. He's he's a, he's a nice guy, <laughs> very nice man. He's Evad, Evad. I'm a big fan of Evad. <laughs> Everyone on the board's always crapping on he Evad. Sucks. He's amazing. No, he's not. King Lion. The King Lion. Remember how that nice was Kimberly was to him on the date? She's so sweet to him. And she, he, she, he meant well. She like, like, she had no problem with it. She was like, oh, this is great. Like, we'll go to see the movie or whatever. <laughs> was he supposed to be Lenny from Of Mice and Men or something like that? Kind I, it's of. Something like, somebody who's like overly strong, but like. And gentle. He's gentle, but he's not very smart. That's yeah, like. It's, he's Lenny. Yeah, he's Lenny. <laughs> anyway, so they take Van Hammer off TV for a while, or maybe he leaves the company. I don't know. But he comes back in late 97. No more van. We got rid of the van. The van is gone. Listen, there's no van Vader and there's no van. It's not in the parking lot anymore. Fucking vans out of here. (laughs) Although I feel like this van wasn't gone forever, right? I mean, I don't think. I think he had no more van. Well, let's. He sold his van. Let's let's see what happened here to the van. Well, he (laughs) he joins the flock, Ravens flock, as just Hammer in late '97. So this, to me personally, is like the most prominent position Van Hammer ever had. Well, yeah, it's in the Monday Night Wars. You yeah. see him a lot on TV. I remember seeing He's him a lot. He's there, like, every week. Oh, yeah, hell like, yeah. on Nitro, front row, sitting with the other goobers. With sick boy. And sick boy. And, and, yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the one that always held the sign? Uh, um, Lodi. Wasn't it Lodi? Lodi. Lodi, New Jersey. Yeah, Lodi. <laughs> uh, Reese was there. Riggs, all those clowns, you know what I mean? It's weird Kidman. when they had, like, Reese... And Van Hammer standing next to each other because they're both gigantic Huge people. Huge men, right? Yeah. Now, Hammer didn't wrestle too much, but he was just there. You saw him a lot. A man with a rather uh, unchecked moth problem in his closet, I do believe. Hammer representing Raven's flock, taking on power plant graduate Chase Tatum. Here's the thing about Van Hammer, which I liked, is because he was so big and he was like kind of like he was very muscly and steroided up by that point oh, in time. Yeah. He looked like a real like... You don't want to fuck with this flock because there's this guy with like fucking leather gloves on, mesh nipple shirt or whatever punch it is you in the face. Like <laughs> yeah. he looked like that guy. He looks badass. To me, he was the scary guy. Like the guy, other than sick boy, obviously, but the guy you didn't like want to screw around. Oh, with I wouldn't the flock with. No, no. And uh, yeah, that's the best role for him is just to sit there and look badass and not yeah. really wrestle because he really wasn't a very good wrestler. But he was still up and coming. I mean, he, he was. And in fact, in early '98, you might remember this angle or mid '98. He defeated Saturn in, because WCW, a loser must leave the flock match. And that's how Saturn turned face, if you remember. Yes. because Actually, he's the one, though. So, here's the thing. 
I'm sure there was cheating in that match I'm anyway. Sure there was. But here's the thing is that the Saturn deal was because Saturn was becoming the most like popular person in the flock. He was awesome in 98. Yeah, he so was. They were just looking that was just to get him out of that Yep, the, out of that position. It wasn't like he had to lose so that they could like, okay, get, get like, storyline, explain why he's not here anymore. Leave the flock, if you will. Yeah, Isn't exactly. that a phrase? Yeah, leave the flock. Empty nest. Empty the nest. Remember that show? Yeah, remember? The, the with the guy. guy with the weird glass in his <laughs> do- dentist office. Remember when like uh, Sophia from uh, Golden Girls was just on the show so, as that character? Actually, Empty Nest, I swear, had a lot of crossovers Did. because it was like lower tier and they were always trying to get it off the ground and it's on CBS. It's so like that, Evening Shade. Yeah, like CBS, the problem in the 90s is that they just didn't have the, the right crossover shows for it. Like it was just a lot of old people stuff. Just a know. lot of old people show. I remember. Yeah. I remember never liking that show. I liked Empty Nest. You well, would though, because you know what it was is his receptionist was really funny. She's like kiss my grits or whatever. Like yeah, I kiss just, my grits. You, no, that's a mama's family I know, line. I, no, no, no. That's something else. Like Alice. Is, Alice, yeah, just, Alice doesn't live here anymore Alice, or whatever. Yes. But the point is, is what that she was very like funny. Don't, don't get me wrong, Doctor. I don't like to pass judgment on. <laughs> anyway, Van Hammer. So once the flock kind of disbands, uh, Hammer is still around, though, as just like Hammer the hippie or so. Like, he had like a hippie shirt most of the time. Remember that? I think it was just like a it, modification of his current look. That's all it was, yeah, right? Yeah. And then he joined the Misfits in Action. This is a Russo Wait, joint. He, he was in that? Yes. Now, his, this is funny, right? Yeah. Because if you remember, they had like all these funny names like Huge Erection because it's so funny. And, Major uh, Guns. Major Guns. And uh, shit like that, right? Major G- Dad. G.I. Bro. Yeah. And <laughs> don't stop bringing up CPS. <laughs> Sorry. It, just, it was in my head. That's a middle of the road yeah. if there ever was one is Major I, Dad. I was thinking about Major Dad because people were like making suggestions for Rushmore ideas. <laughs> yeah. and I, Major Dad's been in my head for quite a bit. It's a decent show. It's but okay. Anyway, they were supposed to call him Private Stash because get it? Like weed. It's or private oh, stash. Well, he does look like he, he uses that kind of thing. But this clown took umbrage to like being a private in this fake army faction. So he's like, no, I need to be something better than a private lieutenant sub- stash, major stash, major stash. They just should have called him mustache. But now he's really major dad. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. But anyway, he leaves in like the summer of 2000. He loses to the kiss demon, but not the crush one. The other one. Look at that. Oh, wow. it, it's called the love god. It's he a- got him. Don't you think that's a rather fitting that he yes. lost the kiss demon on his way out? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. It's like he's the new rock and roll guy. <laughs> Bye. Uh, yeah, know. that is. I didn't even think of that. A nice yeah. bookend, right? Yeah, it's a good bookend to a WCW run. <laughs> Very good. And of course, this year he got into some legal issues with the DUI, as we usually like to report on what happened in these up and comers. Well, he was driving 58 and a 35, and uh, he hit a five year old child on a bicycle. Great. I so didn't that, know that until yeah. you just told me. I have to put this in because it's just our duty yeah. as reporters here. But anyway, anyway, as a wrestler, let's get back to that to wrap him up here. The gimmick, I'll give WCW credit for trying. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a long way to go with a music gimmick when you can't play music. I don't. I, I mean, I don't. I don't think Honky's there's a long way exception. to go with any music gimmick, to be honest with you. I mean, if you really think about it, right, Hunky is probably the most successful, but that was only lasted like really just a year and a half in in the end of actually being successful right i yeah. mean jeff jarrett it didn't fucking work he eventually became mr Slapnut so he could be successful yeah he just had the guitar to break it over remember people's how heads. good it worked out for um road dog when he was not road dog <laughs> yeah, Jesse exactly, James, the right. singer man yeah you can't go too far with music right. and 
Great look, though. I don't know about the Stevie Ray Vaughan hat. Again, it's not the same genre and whatever. And Stevie Ray Vaughan was dead. This is this is always your pet peeve with anime. Yes, see, I don't like I don't like mixed genrefication uh, in music. I think it's fine. I don't because no, because here's the thing, crappy. They they can't just like flat out imitate. Like that's why Honky isn't exactly Elvis. It's because if he is, then maybe Elvis's estate, like Lisa Marie, might be like, hey, what the fuck? That's my dad. What the hell? What are you doing? Like, give me money for that. That's true. Okay. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, Fair they enough. can't just, like, flat out rip it off. So you just do, like, various elements from different yeah. things that are closely exactly. related. Because some, somebody from the family might come calling. <laughs> like, you don't want to get true. involved. You don't want uh, Eddie Van Halen yeah. coming after you yeah. uh, for various reasons. But anyway, as far as Hammer the Wrestler, not good. Look. Warrior, say what you want about him. He had a good look, but he was better in the ring than Van Hammer, and he was more marketable. Yeah, I mean, and- the one thing we always say about the Warriors, he showed up in the big match. I he did. I never remember Van Hammer showing up ever. No. He, uh, could- he would just come out there and, like, punch somebody or <laughs> do something. And he wasn't that great, but you know what? He is in the pantheon for me of those, like, very, like, way too much effort put into WCW like jobber people and like I there's some kind of like weird charm Charm. about all of that to me and it's one of the reasons that I'm always like a WCW defenders because I always feel like they put way too much effort into like the little stupid shit that I actually like enjoy no, I know. Like, they, like, they, they did put a lot of effort into stupidity. Yeah, I gave it, you that, it, Quinn. It, it's kind of their, like, it's their MO, right? It's like, they don't care about the big stuff. Right. But when it comes to the minor shit that's going on on, like, WCW Saturday night, at like, in the middle of a 6.05 in the afternoon yep, show, yep. they care way too They're much. They're into it, like, there's, there's, like, deep backstory oh, yeah. on, like, every jobber that enters the ring. And like we were saying about that DDP arm wrestling thing, that was all over the place, stuff yeah. like that. Now, Van Hammer never won a title, and I think that's fitting, but he did win two awards that I want to mention, okay? Now, in WCW, he won the Jesse Ventura Strongest Arm in Wrestling Arm Wrestling Tournament in 1992. Now, is that the, is that the like, successor to the Jesse Body Awards? Yes. In, in WCW. I of didn't course, even know he had one. Of course he would, too, yeah. right? Like, you gotta find out who's strong, Shabani. He seems like a guy Jesse would be into. <laughs> yeah, you know, of course. Yeah. Right? Look at him. And then another award that he won, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter 1991's Most Embarrassing Wrestler. <laughs> But he tries so hard with his guitar. Why can't Dave just be nice? Because <laughs> well, he can't. He wasn't bothering anyone. Van I know. He's not even like anything. Why are you going to go after him? <laughs> they tried with him at least. Yeah. And I think that sums up Van Hammer perfectly. Yeah. They tried. They tried. He That's tri- it, though. He tried, too, I feel. He did. He got a, paid a lot of money to do very little of importance. Like, all I'm going to say is good for him. Yeah, you know I what guess I mean? so, like, right? He was, he, I won't fault him. In this case, fucking Jim Hurd and all those idiots, they're the marks. Like, right. Van Hammer just is like, oh, they're going to pay me? Okay. Like, I'll, yeah, I know. I'll, I'll agree. stick around. All I got to do is like go on the road a couple couple days a year like a hundred and something days yeah just don't go too fast on that road apparently while drinking right but Mm -hmm. but sorry but as far as van hammer is concerned he's an up-and-comer and he never really came anywhere but i think his career was perfectly what it should have been based on his talent i don't think he was looking to take it anywhere no like he screwed the system man they're like oh you want 156,000? okay yeah (laughs) just walk in can you can you play guitar no can you hold a guitar yeah okay yeah i I don't blame the guy i'm sorry like i don't no i'm with you if somebody offered me that much money i'd I'd be like how long do you want me to stay here (laughs) well that's van hammer for you folks did you let us know if you have any favorite van hammer memories you can be sure (laughs) to do that on twitter at ovp podcast shoot us an email or join the group at facebook.com 
talk. But Quinn, when we come back, speaking of talking, we've got two more of the worst talkers in wrestling to pull out of the tank. We're going to see where they rank. It is the royal flush of talkers in wrestling, and that is coming up right after this. I'll take on any opponent at any time because when they step in the ring with Van Hammer and the one, two, three's done, Van Hammer is stepping out first. WCW Saturday night, 605 Eastern on TBS. Saturday, look what's cooking on 227. We don't serve raw meat. And on Amen, it's time to say, I do. And the Golden Girls' Night to Remember. I'm falling in love. Novelty night. Then learn about love on Empty Nest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste. Saturday. Hey! And now, back to our vantage point. The Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks again for being with us here for episode number 184. On Monday, July the 13th, 2020, Mr. Quinn. Hi. Hi there. Uh, Patreon, we talked about it briefly. Let's talk about it real quick again. Well, the Patreon is a great website you can go to for extra content. Extra OVP content? And it's only $5 a month for the most? It's amazing. It's a good deal, folks. And here's the deal with it, right? We're not doing this to try to scam anybody, to try to cheat people out of their money. No step toe here. No step toe. What we do is we try to give you the most bang for your bucks. There's so much bang going on Less there. Less bucks. And so few bucks have to be spent for that bang. And basically, if you go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast, you're going to see three different tiers. $2, $3, and $5. The $5 tier gets you everything, and like we mentioned, that's the pay-per-view reviews. That's where Quinn and I go through every single WWF pay-per-view in order. We started with the first WrestleMania. Out right now is SummerSlam 90. So there's a lot of them there, and you get them all for $5 a month. These are long podcasts. I mean, these are like three, four hours, some of them. Yeah, they'll definitely last you a month. Let's yeah, put it that way. They're comprehensive. And you can listen to these on any normal podcast app. You get your own RSS feed, so you don't have to worry about that. You just plug it right in. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. You also can get on the $3 tier, the bi-weekly 1983 reviews. These are fun because Quinn and I have been watching WWE of Championship Wrestling all the way since January of 82. Yes. <laughs> I, we. It's been a journey. It um, it's got its own thing over there. And yep. you, you just, you, you can watch with us. Like, it, it's, it's, a, it's really amazing, actually. It, it is fun. It's like a one-hour show. It comes out twice a month. We're in June of 83 now. And if you don't want to watch it, guess what? We also release it in audio form, so you can listen along. And I mean, when you're watching it with us, and when you're not really watching it, it's more just about talking and hanging out. Yep. Ha- reacting to what's on the screen. Uh, some good stuff, a lot of bad stuff. It's a fun time there. And and then on the $2 tier, if you just want to kick us a couple of buck, you still get stuff. You get a back archive of our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley extras that we did. You get OVP commentaries that we did. And you also get weekly raw footage. That's the making of every OVP episode, if you're into that sort of thing. Shirt tier, shirt yeah. cannon, whatever <laughs> yes. we call it. You get to see our shirts, and that's yeah. the, obviously the, the biggest drawing point. But really, if you've been a fan of us for a while, or maybe you're just getting into it and you want more... We encourage you to at least check it out. Go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast right now. I'll wait. Okay, thank you. And if you want to give us a few bucks there, we'd really appreciate that. And if not, we understand. We're just thankful that you're listening. And now, Quinn, it's the biggie. It's the biggin'. It is the royal flush of talkers. Now, always the biggest. It's the biggest, folks. We got to talk about what this is in case people don't know. Before the season starts, folks, we ask you, our fans over on Facebook.com 
talk to give us a list of your 10 best and 10 worst of something. For this season, it was talkers and our chief statistician, Joe Merkel. He takes all of these votes that get sent in. He puts them into two separate tanks, one for the best, one for the worst. We alternate each week between best and worst. The flush is the worst, and that's this week. And by the end of the season, what you're going to have is the OVP, certified, scientifically proven, organic, ordained, baptized, non-GMO, USDA certified, and healthy. Best and worst talkers in wrestling history. Now, Quinn, there's only two on the board right now. Only two. It's a, it's a fresh board. It's very fresh. Anybody can ascend to the worst yes. right, at this point. And right now, uh, the current, a huge honor. A huge honor. Uh, yeah. Right now, the current worst is Jimmy Snuka. <laughs> uh, and uh, number two, the t-shirts are too tight. Lex Luger. <laughs> which, I don't understand why he's he's not that bad. He's not that bad. We talked about See, that, June right? June 13th, Bobby. <laughs> so those are the two that are on the board now. It is getting, uh, we're getting geared up here for two more. So why don't we go down to Howard Finkel? For the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal You've got to step into the ring with me, brother. People are wondering who should be the world's wrestling or should be the number one person in professional wrestling. And you should remember that. I know what it is. It was a closed party. It's because of people like you, big boss man. Seems like they want to take me in the back of some warehouse and try to treat me, to teach me some lesson into my mind. I am Jean-Paul Levesque. Hey, you were born like that. There ain't nothing to do enough with Air Duty Boy. It's the Royal Flush of Talkers. Doobie boy. Doobie boy. Uh, so, folks, as we said, there are two names on the board now. It's Snooka and Luger, but it's got to be able to get worse than that. I mean, it's this tank. Get, I mean, it's it's a fresh tank. This tank. Okay. Oh. We, 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 all right. Those, those toilets really. Hey. <laughs> Ooh. Don't. Uh, hey. <laughs> hey. It is overflowing, folks. And, Quinn, we've talked about what makes a good talker, and we've also talked about what makes a bad talker it would be the opposite of getting you excited for a match building a feud uh, being it's, coherent it's usually incomprehensible <laughs> yeah. to me that's like one of the major features right say, what is he what like, what is he saying i have no idea uh being boring is another one if you're just flat out boring <laughs> yeah that never rambling helps. rambling never getting to the point things like that so we're gonna have to see folks it's uh it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting here are you ready to find out who drew number three? Because I am. I'm ready. All right, fans. Let's count them down here. Let's all find out who drew number three. Well, speaking of a doobie boy. There, here he is, the doobie boy. <laughs> Ahmed Johnson. All right. I'm not surprised. Yeah. So Ahmed Johnson not. is like notorious. Like he is... He he's in the incomprehensible department. Like, he is kind of like Fuji sometimes. Where yeah. you know what I mean. Like, like Andre is incomprehensible. Yeah, yeah, like those kind of people who you just are like, what did he just say? <laughs> right. And Ahmed just sounds like he's talking with socks in his mouth the whole time. If you want to step up to play D, bring it on. Because I forgot to take my medication morning. The thing that bugs me about it is that I've heard him like speak normally. Yeah. And I don't understand like why when he gets like psyched up, he's just especially like, what the fuck is he saying? <laughs> right. Like, That's the problem with Ahmed because if you recall, folks, I mean, this guy was, was pretty new when the WWF brought him in. He was an up and comer. Oh, yeah. He actually was. Yeah, and but he actually like got the Intercontinental title good. and everything. He was like 
actually good. For the record, I like Ahmed Johnson because I think he had almost all the elements that make a star. Great look. Right. Impressive looking in the ring. Sloppy and he hurt people. That's one of his problems. Legitimate strength, though. Legitimate strength. Legit badass. Former football player. Literally looked like he could kick anyone's ass. And honestly, he was over. He had a unique charisma. His one biggest problem, again, other than constantly getting injured or injuring people. Right was that he really couldn't cut a good promo. I don't care what fruits say about me being my people. You don't right. These are my people. But, like you said, when he did those serious sit-downs, like, remember when he was injured and he would go on Livewire and talk to Farouk? Yeah. Those were good. Those were great. Those actually were good. But the problem is, is that that was like, one percent of yeah. what he did usually. Usually it was a <laughs> yeah, and you're just like, what the fuck is he saying? Well, you're going down. Like yeah. he just said that over and over again for like three months. Well, that's because maybe they figured. Well, everyone can understand what he's saying. It's a catchphrase. Like, yeah, it's like they would try. You could tell they would like try to like say certain things so that people know what you're saying. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Or when he won the IC, remember he called himself the People's Champion before the Rock. He yeah. did call himself uh, that. Uh, the <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So, the, so Ahmed, yeah, I mean, he has a notoriously bad series of promos in the Warzone video game. Yeah, so the Warzone video game is where it's like definitely highlighted. And you know, it's probably half of it is also because the audio quality is you can only do so much on a PlayStation <laughs> yeah, game where true. you gotta fit other shit on that disc. Yeah, but it's you know CD I mean? quality audio on, on PlayStation. I understand that, but I'm saying I'm, it's probably downscaled too. Like, ah! It's probably the bitrate on, the, on that is not very good. I don't think we can blame the bitrate. I don't think Ahmed was just clear. I don't yeah. think he could enunciate, you know? Hey! You wanna play like that? There ain't nothing we do enough for an air opportunity boy. So go ahead. Those are kind of where I think the big myth for Ahmed is being a horrible talker comes from is from that series of right. Doobie Boy the, promos the, and the stuff. The Doobie Boy is on. That's where it is. It's not even. That's not even a wrestling thing. That's no. like a, on a video game it's from Warzone. And he's just a <laughs> Doobie Boy, and you're just like, what? What? His intensity was believable. It's just that if you could hear what he was saying, it might have been more convincing. Now, do you think he was a guy? I've always wondered this because Roman Reigns ruined this for me, actually. What's that? I always thought, oh, man, he's sweaty because he's, like, really, like, he's got to, he's so mad or whatever, right? right? And then, like, he just dumped water on his head before the promo. Oh, yeah, Yeah, sure. A lot of people did. Yeah. It's just, I never, it's something that never, like, occurred to me (laughs) until Roman Reigns where I, like, saw him doing it or whatever. It was still real to you, damn it. It was just like, I figured, well, you know, they run around and do shit all day. It's like, maybe they're sweaty because they're working out or something. Like, I don't know. Yeah, or maybe they just dump a pole and spring on themselves. Yeah, you know, exactly. that's possible too. But yeah, Ahmed's biggest thing is that I can't think of a good promo. I mean, like I said, the sit-downs with Farouk, they were good. They were realistic. That was that, probably the best, finest hour, right? Probably the best thing he did. Do you think if Ahmed was even somewhat of a better talker, that that would have helped? I mean, again... He got injured a lot, and he injured people. Here's so the, here's the thing: if he, if he wasn't injured, if all that injury, injuring people, being injured, all that was taken out of the equation, I think that guy would have like lasted a really long time in WF. I think he could have been the world champion. Yeah, I legitimately do. Imagine like I think it would have been interesting things like like not even just world title, but like if you paired like Ahmed Johnson against like Ken Shamrock, like two guys that seem like they're like real. Right? Oh hell yeah, that's that, that great. Would've, that would have been really cool. 
That's a really good one, actually. Yeah. Or even Ahmed against uh, Shawn Michaels. That never got to happen. That probably would have been really right, good. Because they both were faces. Yeah, right. Yeah. But, I mean, the way Michaels could work with a big man, like, he was good at that. I'll give him right. that. Like a Diesel or somebody like that. And he was Sid. an athlete. So that that's the other thing, too. It's like, Ahmed? Give, him, give him more, yeah, give him more time to get used to actually wrestling. Yep. It's kind of like the Van Hammer investment all over again. Yeah. But like, I, yeah, yeah. But the point is, is like, WF was a little bit better with that kind of thing. Like, just look at Mark Henry, for example. Uh, yes. They, they, like, <laughs> stuck with him. And they for were a just long like, time. And he got good. He was an up-and-comer that came. Yeah. Mark Henry, Mark for Henry sure. is so underrated. He is. Like, he, he actually he, is. He's, like, amazing. Like, <laughs> the funniest part about Mark Henry, just on an aside, is that if you, like, go back to, like, 98 when everyone thought he was dumpy, right. like, he's actually really good. Oh, like, God, is he good. Remember yeah. that feud with Vader? Yeah, he's actually, like, really good. And just people just didn't want him to be good. It's that, true. That's like why. Well, probably I'd have to look this up, but I bet Meltzer and all those guys slagged him off and probably said he he's sucked. a big fat guy. Or yeah, whatever. but they're usually good. Yeah, WWF big fat guys are usually good. They don't yeah. bring in bad ones usually. They, they don't. If they're gonna like invest, if they're yeah. gonna give them like a ten year contract, yeah. like they did market. They're not doing it because they're. They're like, well, we just want to look good or something. The WWF, actually, to go on a tangent here, has a great track record of big fat guys that people don't appreciate. Like, they brought in one-man gang. He's amazing, but yeah. no one's ever said that back yeah, then. it's true. Earthquake is amazing. Big boss man big is technically b- a big fat yeah. guy. Yeah. Like, they didn't fuck around with that. Yeah. And Mark Henry was one. But anyway, back to Ahmed, right? You know what I think his best work was? Is when he was in the nation, even though it was really brief, because yeah. he got injured. But, like, I'm so angry at the nation that, yep. fuck it, I'm just going to join him. And he never talked, and he just sat there and looked like a total badass. Right. He was awesome in that role. And that's the thing. I think Ahmed as a heel, if he barely talked, would have been a huge threat. He's a guy that would have benefited from a manager, to be honest with you. Yeah. 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 I totally and agree. He kind of had managers when he was around. Like yeah, Clarence but, Mason was still around. Yeah, but he got booted Jim from the Cornette nation. Jim Cornette was around. <laughs> you don't want to put Cornette with Ahmed I, I'm Johnson. Just, I'm saying there was... Camp Cornette. There, I know, but there was people. Cornette was, stunk in WWF. Yeah, I, I'm just saying there was like... There Paul was, Bearer? Paul Can you Bearer. imagine like Paul Bearer. 97 Paul Bearer when he's amazing? I love the Paul Bearer where you could actually stick him with anybody. That version of Paul Bearer. <laughs> the one that where, was with Vader? Yeah, it's just it's like... amazing. It's like, okay. Uh, you know, it, like that version is actually okay. Maybe that would have happened. I mean, I think... Wasn't Ahmed supposed to face Undertaker for the title and then got injured? I think Farouk replaced him or Maybe something. Maybe Paul Bearer was like imagine, in mind. Imagine yeah. he would have interfered or something. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean... Bye, I th- Ahmed Johnson! <laughs> <laughs> I think Ahmed, yeah, would have definitely been benefited from a manager i think he had almost all the tools I, again i don't think he was that great in the ring but i think he could have been do over think, time do you think here's a here's a weird question about ahmed just in general do you think they would have like renamed him because like the the name like i just mean to say is like ahmed johnson's like a really long name no, like it's not i just i'm just saying like four just, syllables you know how they usually are like one like na- the first name or last name or not whatever seven or eight yeah i just mean that do you think they would have like rebranded him into no. something else or like just the I don't know, just some other name. No, I think yeah. that they might have come up with a good nickname or something for yeah. him, you know what I mean? But no, I just think that he could have had a better career if he could have talked or had a manager. But at the same time, he needs to, you know, wrestle and not be injured and on the shelf yeah. all the time. So yeah. it's kind of a twofold problem with him. You know who'd have, who'd have, who would have loved him if he was still around? Who? Jimmy Hart. <laughs> Jimmy Hart. <laughs> I'm a Johnson, baby! He's the best! That would have been good. <laughs> Mr. Cheerleader over oh, here. Oh, God. Yeah, I liked Ahmed, though. I thought he yeah. had a lot of potential. I never knew what he was saying, really. That was no. the main problem with him. Doobie boy. But I believed that he was mad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the that, thing. That's the one thing about... 
if the incomprehensibleness was like part of like his, if he was like planning, that was like his master plan. It's like, I'm just going to, they won't know what I'm saying. Yeah. So it'll be so mysterious. Right, and right. like, I'll be, they'll think I'm really fucking angry. <laughs> right. Like that, like incredible Hulk or something. Right. Like, like if that was the plan, he accomplished it. That's right. But, I, but I don't you. think that was it. I don't think so It was either. just terrible. We're going to have to see where he ranks because I actually don't mind him as much as some other people. I objectively have to say though, it's horrendous. He's not good. It, it's horrendous. Okay. Like, they're, they're, you can't... I can't let emotion get in the way of yeah, this one. Yeah, it's bad. It's, All right. it's one of the most notably bad talkers. Like, I can't... This, no, is, about, is. this is about talking. We might, we might like, like Ahmed just because he was he fun was good. and stuff. He was But, unique. like, at the same time, it, it was not working. You're not going to sugarcoat it, are yeah, you? We, it, it, I mean, the fact that we, we call him, like, Doobie Boy sometimes <laughs> just because we remember that, like, yeah. one thing yeah. or whatever. It's, like, it's one of those, like, really bad promo things. It's rare that that sticks out in your head, like, always when you see somebody. True. Okay. Like, <laughs> Doobie, Doobie Boy. Boy. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll have to see where the Doobie Boy ranks. But let's find out uh, who drew number four. You ready for that, Michael? Yeah. All right, fans, count us down to number four. All the skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. It's live, pal. It's live, pal. Here's another one. (laughs) Now I like Sid as a promo. I like him as a talker. Yeah, but... Is it because he had, like, three, like, notable stupids and that's it? I am the master. That's good. No, that's the good. Ruler, the the world. You know how you do a sit impression? You just never have your teeth. You just like, grit your teeth. You grit your teeth. <laughs> I am talking right now. And talk about Sid. Anybody can do a sit impression. Yeah, I know. It's, that's it's, what, it's actually really easy. It's very unique. Now, Sid, I don't have a problem with him whatsoever as a talker. I, I, I don't. I don't think he's good. Well, you can't put him in, like, the pantheon of good talkers. Objectively, he's probably not good, but he's entertaining. See, Here, the problem is, is that the gimmick is really shields a lot of what because he's psycho could, could be could be a bad talker, like he's, or he may crazy. be a good talker, but you don't know because it's all shielded behind the psycho gimmick. Hey, I got I got a question for you. Do you remember his WrestleMania Eight promo? It's amazing, the one on Hogan. Yeah, yeah, that one's it's, it's okay, so good. He but calls- that's also where he's like less psycho. It's like they're just starting. Like, Gorilla. <laughs> Gorilla's the only one doing it. Like, Sit insane justice! <laughs> he, some people call him Psycho Sid. You're yeah. like, when? Gorilla like, coined it, that and they like didn't use it until 95. It's amazing. All this time. It's amazing. And then they made it, like, I, I think President Monsoon probably uh, yeah. pushed for it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but Sid was, look, Sid is a unique wrestler overall because a, a lot like an Ahmed or a Luger, great look. Yeah, great charisma. But he can actually show up in the ring. Decent I thought, in the ring. Yeah, I, right? not not the best wrestler no. ever, but he, he was decent enough where you could like, okay, we could put a title on this guy. Like, yeah, and I've seen shoot interviews with Sid. He has no like pretension about how good he is. He's like v- very well aware that he's not that great right. in the ring. Yeah. He's very humble about his abilities. Yeah, he's which he, I appreciate. He's actually been a guy post wrestling that oddly like is respected yes like like i don't hear people talk shit about sid right. other than like the scissors incident <laughs> yeah, i know like, all those years ago and the squeegee one yeah and he's also clarified he didn't really play softball that much that just everyone likes that as a rumor it's a but good, that's, it's a good rumor. that's never why he left is the scissors thing like was that settled between him and iron anderson or yes. whatever like they just what did they like i think it was they got really mad at each other or something and, yeah i think they made up yeah i don't remember off him but i think they did yeah but sid is a talker folks gets a lot of flack because of that 
that promo against Nash and Hall where he's like, I have half the brain that you do or whatever. But you're only half the man that I am. And I have half the brain that you do. You see, we're misunderstanding, Sid. What he was trying to say, and no Ah. no one gets this, the first line he says is, I'm twice as smart as you. And I have half the brain you do. Do you get it? So like the same. He's bit. smarter than them, even though he only has half the brain that they do. See, we're, we're misunderstanding, Sid. Are you sure it's not no. the other way around? Is that he in, fucked in, up. in that in that way? They're also the same um, intelligence, no. because if he's double and then he, but he's only got half the brain, then it brings him back to the same amount of brain. He I think he made a mistake. Yeah. Now, the we're live pal thing that just happens. That's not a reflection on him as a bad talker. <laughs> Come on. But it, it shit su- happens. It sums up the like, yeah, the, the, the way Sid is. I know. Like it. He's he doesn't seem it's not that he's maybe the worst talker. It's that he's very unaware of the production. Oh like, yeah, he, it, no, he's like an airhead. Yeah, like it's he, kind of known about like him. He, he's a guy that probably thinks that oh everything's taped. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yes. Like I can just fuck up all I want. He assumed and, it was a pre-tape for whatever yeah. reason, and it wasn't. Which gives you the impression that he just thinks everything's pre-taped. <laughs> he's not paying any attention. He, he doesn't to care. It's no. Like, it's like it's a TV show. What the fuck? Like, like you, you wonder too if like he looks at it that way, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just fucking entertainment. Yeah, like, this isn't vaudeville. We're yeah, not live here. Yeah, we're on television. This like, isn't the forties. Yeah, exactly. When like soap operas were live and stuff, which also says a lot about like if that's true. It's like that's the kind of wrestler he even is. He was hired because he was like a big imposing person, right? He that's wasn't, cl- yeah, yeah. Like that's clearly what he is. I mean, Sid, I think is. I don't know that if his. It's another person where if he had better talking ability, I don't know that you could say he could have gone further. I mean, he had the WWF world title already, and he had the WCW title in 99. They were very willing to put belts on this <laughs> yeah. guy. And he was going to win the WCW title in 93 if it weren't for, or 94 if it weren't for the scissors. Right. So I don't think his talking ability hampered him. Right. I really, This is a case where I think he was what he was, kind of like the warrior was what he was, not right objectively good probably mm-hmm. but unique i think that he gets a bad rap for the fucking the the um the we're live pal and the kevin nash line is there any other notably bad ones i mean we love the i don't know shit that one okay so that one to me is a mix of bad promo but also like the timing it's is so wonderful good. he just so if you don't know what we're talking about it's like during the infamous like the the go home show to 97 wrestlemania yeah. wrestlemania 13 whatever right yep in 97 there's like this whole thing it's like a more Brett show, snaps like Brett Brett is like this is bullshit yep. and then and then Austin's just like ah you fucking idiot like it could have been us or whatever <laughs> your stones are so cold yeah, that Brett, whole thing yeah everyone's yelling at each other <laughs> Sean's dancing up at the thing Undertaker's like, there Undertaker <laughs> is like this is bullshit I well, hate you right all this crap and, and then like and, and Brett Brett's yelling to Sid he's like and you know it too yeah and then Sid <laughs> Just wanders out, and he's not even on the mic, but he just says it so fucking loud, and he just goes, I don't know shit, like, like, as he's, like, storming out. We're going to try and stay with this as long as we can. So funny. Yeah, it's it's amazing, and it's all, it all feeds into this, like, everything's chaos, Vince Russo edition. Yeah, the good edition. Yeah. Uh, Another one, this is not a notable one, but I always remember it. There was like an October of 96 Raw, okay? And Vader was fighting, I think, Phineas Godwin. And Sid, Sid was feuding with Vader, right? 
Now, Phineas and Henry Godwin are from Arkansas, right? Right. So Sid storms out, and again, the same thing, off mic, right? Yeah. He's like, I'm from Arkansas, too! (laughs) It's amazing. Like, who cares? Psycho Sid! Psycho Sid letting us know that he's from Arkansas, too! You know what? Sid probably was one of those guys that, like, kind of, like, dug in, where, like, he was just really loud in the ring. Yeah. You know what right, I mean? Right. Like, it's like you can always hear what he's saying. Yes, he has one of those voices. But again, I never really minded him. I thought his 95, everything he did was bad. But other it, than that. What it is, it's like his stupid stuff that he says is so bad that it's like charming. Yeah. Like, you know, that's really what it is. It's not an excuse to say that he's good at talking. I'm Let, not saying. We can't, we can't in all seriousness. There's a delineation between good and likable. Can we right. at least say that? Yes. Like he's, he's likable. It's charming. He's not good. He's likable. He's not good, but he's not so bad that it hampered his career. Right. We have but to. I mean, he was the world heavweight champion. <laughs> like, twice. A lot. Yeah. Like, like he was WWF. WF champ twice. He was WCW champ like, he was old. multiple times. Wasn't he in like 98 or 99? 99 or something? He never yeah. won it in the in his first run, though. He was yeah. going to. Right. He I'm was saying, going to. He was WCW and WF yes. champion in like the Attitude Era. Yes. Like, he was over. Yeah. People loved Sid for some the, reason. The run where he like initially won the WF title, like, was so over like, Sean against Sean yeah remember like fans doing the fist bump with him like they're like he's good like he we like we like man him with a camera they're like we don't care he's good we like him it's like real. like he's he's like 10 feet tall he's muscly and he's gonna kick your ass and he just grits his teeth and says weird shit yeah it's like Fuck it. Even like, when he was supposed to be a heel in 97, he never turned heel. Like, they're just like, no, you're fighting faces now. People yeah. still like them. Yeah, they're, they're just like, well, look at like, yeah. he, he doesn't know any better. Yeah, like, that, that's that was how kinda, he was. That was the character. It's like, it's just, he doesn't know any better. He just, he, you want to fight me? I'll fight you. I don't yeah. care. You know? yeah. but, so anyway, that is Sid. I, I like him. I like him. We're going to see where he ranks. Quinn that looks like he's going to be the uh, the hard-nosed one here, which is good. you got to well, keep me in line. Gotta, like, you have to keep me in line. These are two talkers that are terrible, but oh. but oh. but they're lovable. Yeah, they both are. They're, they're te- they, so we have to like keep that in mind. We have to keep it in mind. Is it ranking time? Yes. All right. So again, folks, just a quick reminder. Number one is Jimmy Snuka, who is horrid. Yeah. And number two is Lex Luger, who really... It, again, not great, mm-hmm. but might have a shot at staying near the bottom here. So, Quinn, we got to put Ahmed up against Lex Luger, which, by the way, probably would have been an awesome power match in, in the 90s. Ahmed so, versus Lex Luger. Ahmed would, for, yeah, definitely. That would have been fun. Well, remember, they both competed for the who can pick up Yokozuna shit. Oh, yeah, and they both did. Yeah. And they're both loud as shit in the ring. But can you I imagine always, that? You know, I always say this. Yoko, that was much fatter. When, when Ahmed, Ahmed picked it. him up, much he was better. like a hundred pounds heavier. <laughs> so just just putting it out there. Oh, you're right. All right. So Ahmed versus Luger. What are your initial thoughts? Your off the cuff, like immediate thoughts. Ahmed versus Ahmed is worse. He is worse. I think Luger is like I don't even know why he's on this list. You think he shouldn't even be on the list? I that, yeah. I I'm just gonna put it out there. It's gonna be hard for somebody to for him to lose to somebody. Do you think Luger's talking ability? hampered him at all or was he as successful as he could have been i mean he was a world champion several times i think honestly i've always felt that the the writers had nothing for him near the end of his career for some reason yeah he didn't have a character for that, some of that his run. weird vague like exercise symbol man guy that that was like i didn't know like that to me felt like okay we're out of ideas is that like, when he was when he was feuding with sean stasiak for like the total package name or something and miss elizabeth was with him and it was yeah, it well was, it, mm. 
it was just like, yeah, I don't know. It was mm. like, to me, it just felt like they were just dating. And yeah. they were just like, well, we got to get some money to pay for the condo or whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm not kidding. Like, that's what, like, that felt like. Bring up their condo. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think Ahmed's worse, too, because Luger, you can at least understand. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say yeah. that off the bat. L- Luger, yeah, you can true. understand. Yeah, that's 100% true. Now, Luger didn't, like, uh, when we talked about him two weeks ago, we said he didn't really ever have too many great promos either. Right. But, again, he's not, he's not an all-time good one. I'm just, I'm putting it out there, Luger is better than both of these guys that we're talking oh, about yeah. today. 100%. I, I, I think you're right. Yeah. Luger never had a Doobie Boy promo. No. He, he had didn't. the t-shirt promo with the wizard hat but guy. He had the milk promo, which is always going to like, it's always going to elevate him. True. And with Luger, uh, we've said he really did cut a pretty decent like narcissist promo or like when he was a heel in general. Closed parody. Closed parody. His heel promos were good. Yeah. I think we we figured out the problem with him that he talked good as a heel, but he wrestled good as a face. Right. So it was it never, never it never connected. It never connected. But I agree with you. Let's keep Luger at the bottom. We'll move him down to number three. But now it's a battle of incomprehension between Snuka and Ahmed. Now I okay. If I have to just if we're talking straight incomprehension, yeah. Ahmed is he's more incomprehensible than Jimmy. He is. He just is. And I know we don't. True. Like Jimmy True. Snuka True. For, for other reasons, but we're talking about the talking here. I don't like Snuka at all, yeah, really, for any reason. But um, seriously, like Ahmed, if if we're talking about not understanding what he's saying, one hundred percent Ahmed Johnson. So Ahmed's worse in the comprehension. Yeah. However, Ahmed is better at the intensity, yes. and the charisma and the believability, right? But Jimmy Snuka, Snuka mumbles. But to Mumble. be fair to Jimmy Snuka's character, he's supposed to be a little laid back. You know what I mean? Like islander style i Islands, guess island style or whatever but you know? what would you rather hear or that's the thing like at least ahmed had like a, an intensity and a charisma about his incomprehension but it, it's a little stretching it to like Pardon? jimmy snooker could kind of no here's the thing he is stinks. jimmy snooker what he would do in interviews he could be emotional like in a way where you connected with him even <laughs> even if he couldn't talk like he, he i mean hell those fans are flipping the fuck out for him oh that's because he jumps off the rope one but time. they're also like like remember when when piper hits him with the thing yeah that's all piper that angle though yeah but jimmy Snuka sells piper. it like a champion well I mean, that's not talking he sold he sold it pain i just mean that he could in an interview segment if done right jimmy Snuka could he could do something. So yeah, could Ahmed, though. Yeah. He just needed to be, like, sitting down and calm. And then <laughs> he was, was like, very never. unbelievable. The it was pro- rare. It was the, rare. The problem was just that the character needed to be intense, so he always had to be incomprehensible. It's when he was wearing that, like, leather jacket the, with the blue on it. That's that when he was good. Time, yeah. The one where he was, like, with Sonny on, like, live yeah, wire. Yeah, or whoever Yeah, yeah he's got, like, a hat on. You're trying to say that Snook is better than Ahmed Johnson? I think it's, like, slightly there. I don't know. Because I can't... Here's the thing is the Ahmed... At, Ahmed at his peak, I can't remember one time that I understood what he was saying. We well, I mean, were just talking about what he said, Farouk. I didn't even know what you just exactly. said. Exactly. Yeah. And then you're going down. You're going down. <laughs> no, that's more like, that's not even comprehensible. Even that's not comprehensible. I know you, I, listen, this is not about Jimmy Snuka liking Jimmy Snuka. This is a, strictly about talking. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Snuka... At the end of the day, he could get people to, you know, be get cheery and excited and stuff. Yeah, but look how over Ahmed was. Are he you kidding? Was, but Ahmed also, Ahmed also petered out much faster. Only because of injury. That's true, but I can't. 
there's nothing else I could judge him off. And don't even get me started on the WCW. Run. Well, that we I ignored that on purpose. Yeah. It was Big T. And Big, that was horrible. Booker lost the, the letter T. Where Stevie Ray had to be his like friend or whatever. <laughs> had to be his friend. He was all fat, too, yeah. Ahmed. I actually... Big I, man. Believe it or not, I know people don't like Stevie Ray during that period of he's time. Fine. He, he's great. He's always fine. <laughs> Big booty daddy or whatever he's he used stupid. to say. He, it's fine. It's it's great. It's just ignore it if you don't like it. It's, it's not. It, you that have bad. to understand that Stevie Ray was like older and he couldn't wrestle anymore, so he just had to kind of be goofy all the time yes. just to be fun. He was what he was. Yeah. Stevie Ray's fine. How? Okay. Tell me again how Snook is better than Ahmed Johnson, though. I'm just not seeing it. It's just, it's just a, like, I think it's just an emotional connection kind of thing. Mm. It's just like, I just think Jimmy Sicko was really good at getting sympathy. And I think Ahmed, I can't, there's not that quality with him or whatever. I don't know what it is. I just. It's hard to feel bad for him. Yeah. I, I, there's something oh, about Snooka that I don't wanna, he did connect with his audience. I don't like this. I think it's. I think it's just. I don't like this, brother. And I. I also think that universally, Ahmed is just like known as one of the worst talkers to ever exist. Like, there's, there's also that going for him. Like, he's just got, he's got it in the shit talk department. But he's so, he's magnetic. <laughs> you just like him, but I like him too. It's not but that he's good. Though. I can't objectively say Jimmy Stuck is bad, but Ahmed is like next, next level. level like, yeah, it's. When you got this a whole when you got a whole video game devoted to how bad your talking <laughs> is, like you can't really like I can't even Jimmy Sucka can't compete. Maybe if Jimmy Sucka was in a video game where he was like on CD ROM talking in like you know not full fucking screen or whatever, right, um, right. maybe. But okay, Sega CD version of something. <laughs> I don't know. I think <sighs> yeah, it, I know we don't like Snook Snookas. We know. Yes. You're right, though. He is more understandable in yeah, general. Un- but un- he's not intense. There's no... Bl- oh, f- he could be intense. Jimmy okay, Snuka. fine. Let, let, let's give him a little credit We'll put there. Ahmed a, in number one for yeah, now. I, I think we just... I feel think, bad about this. I think this. We, we have to. Mm-hmm. But Sid... He's a doobie boy. All right, Sid. Sid is fine. Sid Sid's is... Sid's fine. Okay. He's in the Luger tier. It's just... He's, he's a little bit better... I mean, a little worse than Luger. I, I say better because he's. I think. I think Sid's a little better, no? Than Luger? No. Why? Because Sid. I think it's Sid's because better Sid than Luger. has a lot more screw ups. It, when it, it's more than once, it's not like a. It's not like a one time. Super Brawl Saturday. Super Brawl Saturday, though, he wasn't even like that. Wasn't even anything. But it, it's bad. I'm just saying, it's also like it's also awesome. It's also awesome. It's also like it's also it not even a real company or whatever <laughs> yeah, it's it is. True. Yeah, it's like what <laughs> that is true. He's, you're right. He's not even like that's not even like during most of his. That was just like oh, they hired me for a weekend or something. I know. You know? I know. It's practically like if they he went to a birthday party <laughs> and pretended to be Lex Luger for happy birthday. Yeah, yeah exactly. But but since screw ups, there's only like two. But they're very notable. One is just not realizing they're live. That's not anyone. That, a good talker could have not realized. You could also that argue. Quinn. I don't know. Shit is a screw up because he really shouldn't have been cursing on. Well, neither on, should Brett. TV. Yeah, Brett. I know Brett did curse all in the same thing. So Sid's like, I don't, whoa, we're doing this. That's all us. Sid's uh, yeah. like, oh, we're cursing today. But okay, he, he knew better at that point not to pile on like with all the all the stuff going on with USA Network Quinn, at the time. He doesn't worry about the production. He's yeah. just he's just tell him what the, to do. Go the, out there the, and yell. I'm big. And yeah, just tell me who to beat up. 
I think, no, Sid with the papers and then Sid calling <laughs> Gene a bald-headed little oaf, calling the Jack papers. Tony bogus. The, the papers is very underrated. The smarmy promo, like when he's still allegedly a face and he's like, I like Hulk Hogan, don't worry about yeah. it. Sid's good. No, I'm not standing for this. But he's better, He's or he's worse than Lex Luger. I think Luger's a little bit better. I, I, I think that's all I it don't is. Know. He's not worse than Jimmy Snuka, that's for sure. No, no, no. But he's... I, I don't think, think he's worse than Luger. I think he's a little worse because I think, I think Luger, he's the same. I think Luger can portray more characters. What? Since Sid can is only like one. He's one dimensional comparatively to Lex Luger because he can't. Luger can be a face. So can Sid. Not as, but it's he's it's, so but it's the same. Good. No. It's the same like papers or whatever. That's all like, you need. No, Sid is Sid. Sid is like ironically funny, whereas Lex Luger is like. He's intentionally funny or not. I'm going Sid on this one, Quinn. I think Sid is better than Luger. Mm, I think Luger's a little a little no, better. No, he's not. I don't I don't think it's it, No. It's 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 very even. Sid has a lot. Well, you admit it's very even on this it, one. It's close, but Sid has more charisma in his promos than Luger. Luger's not charismatic mm. talker. He's not. So Luger's best talking, like I said, is smarmy, calm heel. Yeah, but I love that. No, I do too. I think I it's think good. I think he's a little bit more entertaining than Sid. No, actually. Sid, Sid is, is great. Sid is about intensity. No, it's not like entertainment. It, value. Sometimes I would much rather see a Sid promo come on than a Luger. You one. really don't want Luger to be number the the bottom. Huh? I want him to stay with Sid at the very bottom. I, I mean, that's for I sure. Think you're, I think you're pushing for Sid a little. I think that I detect Excuse a little me? fandom here. I, I like Luger, not too. Not a lot of science going on. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Why do I have to... What do you mean? I think Sid is more charismatic. I think he's a more likable talker. I think he's more entertaining talker. Those I are my scientific reasons. I could say all three of those things about Lex Luger, yeah, but Luger, Luger never cut like one standout promo, and I just told you the Sid ones that are really standout. Yeah, but they're standouts because they're bad. WrestleMania 8's promo is amazing. Don't ever tell me otherwise. Come it's on now. goofy. Come though. on now. And the yeah, reason- in that same exact show, Lex Luger does a better promo. The milk promo? Yes. That's not better. It's the it's same. Better. It's the same. That's even worse. <laughs> How is that worse? I don't know, but it's the same. It's much more quotable. Let's put it that way. I, it's about it's even. It's more memorable. That's for sure. What you, I think you're doing the little Luger that, fandom here. No, I think you're I having th- yourself a closed parody. I think the Sid... I think that Sid promo like, against Hulk Hogan, while good, it's not standout to me. The milk promo, as stupid as it is, is way more standout. But that's why, like, it, 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 like it's amazing. Like he's surrounded by the ladies in the dinky hotel room, and he's acting like he's like the biggest shit ever. Few days like, off the Snickers bars. Him and Bobby, the banter between so, the two. It's the like, fat guy sitting next yeah, to you. A gorilla gets in. That's like to me. That's like an all timer right there. That's like one of those like right. That's a, to me. Because my WrestleMania moments are a bit different from people, but like, yes, I know that is a WrestleMania. That's something that I will never like forget because it's just so stupid. It's one. It's just one of those things. It's just like uh, Tito with the burritos and all that. What gorilla? It, yeah, stop. Yeah, like, stop. That's it. Yeah, that's like, it. It's, it's it's to me. It's like one of. It's in that vein, right? I understand, but Sid is awesome in that one too. Hulk Hogan, ah, curse you! Yeah, and all I, that. I understand that he's good. But honestly, the best part in that whole if we're if there were just if it was just off WrestleMania eight, right? It, it's actually the Sid with the papers is is his best moment in that pay per view, and that's like a recap. And the best moment for Lex Luger is clearly the milk and all that shit. I'm really not. I don't like this, but. If we can agree at least that it could go either way, it could go either way. I just think Lex Luger's like a tad better. I don't, but since Luger is the incumbent at the bottom, 
Yeah. Then we'll put Sid. I, I'm doing this under protest, but because I really think I think this is Quinn's one not of the, budging on this I think one. This will go either way with the fans. Probably, yeah. I think well, we, well, we can't do ties anymore. Are we not allowed? People not, get no upset. Tie. When we, we don't do, do that. ties. Yeah, yeah. You only do that when you want to try to weasel your way out of something. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I don't. Do, I don't do that. I just. I really think Luger's like a little bit better. I don't. I think Sid's a little bit better. So we have an impasse. Yeah. Either way, it's like we're talking inches here. So. We're talking milli- millimeters. Yeah. Yeah. I do think this, and I think we can both agree on this. Neither of these guys should be anywhere near the top. They should both be at the bottom. Hell no. Yeah, they if, should be well If even the on bottom. the list. Yeah. I don't know why people have such a problem with Sid and Luger as talkers. It's Sid because of the errors and Luger because, because like the face wasn't as good or something. Yeah, I know. And the t-shirt thing and Super Bowl Saturday. And they, and they don't like the narcissist. Or, I think I'm sorry, not, They don't like the, not the narcissist. They don't like the made in the USA one. Well, that one. stinks. Yeah. It does. Yeah. But for every Made in the USA, there's Sid's 95. Right. Which is also really bad. Or Lex Luger's 93. Or Lex Luger's 96, where yeah. he's amazing. I understand. Yeah. So, all right. Fine. We'll put Sid at number three, and Luger will move down to number four at the bottom of the list. Right. It, it is a close parody down there. Very close parody. That's going to be the elite. You know, the yeah. bottom of the list is where the you have some good talkers. But at, uh, at we got num- a new number one today. We got a new number one today. So why don't we congratulate... The uh, new worst talker of all time, starting at number one, Ahmed Johnson, doobie which boy. is a doobie boy, if you will. And I, I, I Snooka could have been there, too, but fine. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Number two, Jimmy Snooka. Number three, Sid. And number four. It's close. It's like, very I, I would say like close. three slash four. Okay. Four slash three. That's they're, fine. They're like almost the, the same. They're going to be locked together, probably, yeah, they're, right? They're handcuffed. <laughs> and number four. Lex Luger, folks, let us know your rankings. But right now, those are the f- the f- <laughs> those are the I'm doing a Sid right now. Yeah, those are the four worst talkers of all time. Quinn, I- I'm 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 with you, but barely on that. Okay, yeah, so we'll, I want to know what people we'll think. See, we'll see if it was a good decision as we get further down the list. We'll have to see. But folks, when we come back, we're going to take a trip down to the South and uh, see what's going on there in Alabama and places like that. That's right. It is Continental Championship Wrestling. I can't wait for that one. That'll be coming up right after this. Now, this clash, this matchup this afternoon, I expect is going to be a barn burner. No, shut up, you fat, bald-headed little oaf. Now, you, Hogan, a barn burner it won't be. It is going to be your last match, and I will see to that. I have already made that promise to you, Hogan. As I leave this dressing room, and I stand in the ring, and you walk down that aisle, you remember one thing, that I am the master, and you are but the learner, Hogan. You are but the learner. Hello wrestling fans, it's Joe here And while we're on a break, I just wanted to take a moment to shout out Three friends of the show Check out The New Day Podcast Hosted by three guys that have actually worked in the actual wrestling business I'm talking about Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston and Big E. They're going to bring their unique perspective as fans, but also as people that actually work in the industry to a very creative and entertaining podcast. New Day Podcast. And then check out Greetings from Allentown, hosted by one man, Peter Winston. He'll take you on a whimsical journey through retro wrestling's past. It's unique. It's quirky. It's Greetings from Allentown. And finally, if you like your retro wrestling slathered in barbecue sauce, check out Mike Mills and Book in the Territory as they bring you the very best in the Southern front 
Pride Wrestling. We're talking about Smoky Mountain and the NWA. It's booking the territory. So again, our three friends of the show. The New Day Podcast. Greetings from Allentown and booking the territory. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Again, thanks for being with us for episode number 184. And Quinn, we're reviewing something. Yes. And this is actually my recommendation because, man, we've been through some uh, some hard times lately with the reviews. We have. We needed a break. We needed something that's actually okay. Yep. And you can always count on, folks, Continental Championship Wrestling. Old, reliable. I love it. Uh, I really do. It is always an easy watch. We've loved, yeah. like, I think every episode of these we've I'm, ever done. I'm like AWA. This, <laughs> every episode's good at this. Yes. And I actually consulted with... Uh, the number one uh, purveyor of the Continental footage, uh, Chris Mr. P. Continental, Chris P. Lettuce over okay, there on yes. Twitter. You can find it. You can find him on YouTube. I forget what he's under right now. Alabama wrestling or something. I forget what it is. He but should just. He should just be Chris Continental Lettuce. Seriously. Yeah. So he recommended this episode to us, and it is Continental Championship Wrestling from July twenty sixth, eighty six. I want to give you a very brief recap of what Continental was. This territory was down in the. Kind of the southeast, like Alabama, Pensacola, the Florida Panhandle. We had a good, um, like route or whatever they, yeah. you know, where they get loop. in the car, the loop. Yeah, loop. notably, like was known for that. Yep. People liked going there because it literally the loop was like a party. I guess they would like go down to the bars yeah. and stuff, and like it was just like a good weekend or right, whatever. Right. Yeah, because you're talking Mobile, Alabama, Pensacola, Florida. They stretched up into Tennessee and stuff like that. And uh, the original, uh, the origins are in Le- Leroy McGurk, but then the Welsh family took it over. Welch. Uh, Roy Welch, yep. right, yeah. And Buddy Fuller, which is the Fuller family. And then Ron Fuller pu- purchased it in 74, renamed it Southeastern Championship Wrestling. Right. Okay. And then in 1985... Yeah, there was like a push. Yes. The big push came to rename it Continental Championship Wrestling. And the original idea is that they were going to try to be less regional. That's part right. of the name. Continental instead of they, Southeastern. They now had like legitimate good music in the opening. Yes, and they stuff. did. Yeah. And they were going to try to make a push to be a, a national player here. It didn't really work out. In 88, the TV station over, owner, David Woods, bought it. I think still owns it to this so, day, yes. the footage. So th- this is the reason why you can find basically like any Continental thing on like YouTube. And yeah. like no one gives a shit. <laughs> right. It's because this David Woods guy, he owns it. And for some reason, he won't sell it to WF. Right. But he also doesn't give a shit if it's just available for free. Yeah. Like, it's so weird. This is why, I mean, I'll never say never because, you know, maybe Woods eventually he'll get old and be like, fuck it. Just Vince, how much you want yeah. for it? You know, like, and, and Vince would be, it. be on W. Oh, yeah. Because it, it is. It's a lot I of big can, names here, I folks. can't tell you how, like, amazing, like, consistently good this show is. Yep. It's kind of unbelievable. It's, it's consistency wise it's better than wwf at this time period like from from week to week it's insane it really is like every episode is good and this is right in the middle of their glory years which is about 85 to 87 88 yeah which is just good stuff you get a lot of names that you know because it's an nwa territory so there's a lot of people People that come in and out drop in rick flair is on it sometimes yeah and folks this is in certain ways even a precursor a little bit to ECW. Right. That's what a lot of people spirit. say. And even Paul Heyman got his start here. Yes, he did. Like, and it, honestly, a lot of people got their start because they were just, 
It's just like, come along for the party, yeah. basically. Like, that's like kind of the, the mantra of this company. It's yeah. like, everyone's welcome. Like, yeah. you know, I, I guess it might have been an easy territory to do. You just come down there, do a few matches, then, do I, a few promos. I can't emphasize enough because I keep hearing a lot, a lot of what the appeal was for wrestlers to come was that apparently it was just a party territory. Right. Like, people went like on vacation at this territory like yeah well you're down near florida you're on the yeah. panhandle or yeah. you're in alabama you're near the gulf coast People come for a couple weeks and sure. enjoy themselves hit the beach while you're there yeah yeah exactly. things like that yeah. why not so let's get into it here folks it is continental championship wrestling again july the 26th 1986 ah continental the company in the 80s you can trust to wrestle in a dumpster and still make it good <laughs> it's, it's true. true like it's it, absolutely it, true here's the one thing is when you look at the when if you never watch this and you turn on it's like what is this it's like it looks shitty as hell yep, yep. it's you got to look at it from that like ecw lens of yeah. like that doesn't matter yeah there. that's part of the deal that yeah you get. It, it's like it's a dumpy place but like artistically like they're they're painting picassos <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes. They know what they're, they're doing. They're starving artists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, that awesome party all the time theme starts up here as we get various clips of the wrestle in action. Surrounded by a very, like, Commodore 64-ish board. Yes. I don't know how else. It's, it's very, like, 80s computer. Yeah. Like, it's... <laughs> it is. The yeah. border. Yeah, yeah. You're right. And then we get a very serious voiceover here welcoming us to Continental Championship Wrestling. You know why? Because this is a sport, damn it. Welcome to Continental Championship Wrestling, home of the National Wrestling Alliance, featuring champions from throughout the continental United States. And we go over to Gordon Soley. That's right. He is the host here at his little fancy desk. Yep. This is the out of place Gordon, the best version of him. <laughs> and he's in that like junky map room on the side of the arena. It's all overlit. Yeah. Like, you know, like, did you know, Joe, because there isn't like in the first or second episode, I forget. Yeah. Like it's on YouTube. This where he is. Wasn't there, right? No, it's 100%. Oh, really? It's always and there? the arena's huge. It's oh, really? like It's some like, it's some arena that's like way too big for them and they can't fill and this is like on the other side like it's like really far away like it's incredible uh to add to the charm here gordon's mic immediately fucks up thank you thank you so very championship wrestling you got a great hour in store for you but he says we're going to see a southeastern championship title match one of the 1000 nwa like there's like it's not like two titles online here, yes. or three or yeah, something. Yeah, there's a lot. They don't care. And we're also going to be hearing from Mr. Chrome Dome, Jerry Stubbs. He'll be taking on Scott Armstrong. Plus, we're going to get a cage match. He doesn't even say who's in it because Continental. Yeah. It's like, ah, well, we got a cage match. <laughs> like, it's like, fuck it. Okay. Doesn't even tell us who. On TV. <laughs> on TV. Like, they just throw that out there. <laughs> yep. And there's definitely a match in the ring as he's doing this, because you can yeah. hear them, like, bouncing around. And honestly, Gordon, and I love him, he seems like four drinks in already. He's I wonder dr- how many were into the taping. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so he brings in Tim Horner, who looks ready to play Pebble Beach golf. Honestly, right. yeah, he does. <laughs> Gordon says that uh, Tim Horner made a mistake trying to re- trying to retrieve his U.S. Junior Heavyweight Championship belt in the heels dressing room recently. Now, first of all, I love how Gordon is basically like Tim, you're stupid. Yeah. Like, like immediately, yeah. he's just like, ah, you're what a dumbass. That like, was what? fucking dumb. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Before I talk to Tim about what happened, I'm going to say this. Tim Horner made uh, one mistake, and that's he went where he shouldn't have gone trying to regain the belt. And secondly, isn't Tim Horner like a jobber? He had a belt? What? Well, Only in Continental, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, you might know of him as a WWF jobber in the late 80s, and he was in the Crockett promotion during this same time. But in Continental, yeah, he was a little bit of a, a deal. Yeah. Not a big deal, a little deal. Only in Continental. Only in Continental. And then we actually get... 
This is great. We get clips from last week where Horner now storms into the heels dressing room. And it's an actual dressing room. Yeah, this room, isn't folks. like faked. No, like, it's, it's not like just some room yeah. where they like had people. Sit. No, it's like there's like bathrooms and shit yeah, in the background. It, it's an actual locker room. And the heels are all like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. It's great, Quinn. Yeah. It's sort of groundbreaking for you because they really never showed the legitimate locker room right. in, in 86. Like a backstage pre tape like this? WF this is cool. wouldn't even do that till like 88 or something. Like with the, the first time I ever remember seeing a real dressing room was like the mega powers exploding well they showed the msg one occasionally like the champagne yeah but that was only just like it wasn't like stuff happening it looked no, like it was a like set a, it was because, gene there yeah it was always it, gene it was set up for television like this is like not this is like no this is like their, this is really their dressing yeah room. single cam just followed him in yeah. and it's nicely done so horner now tries to pull his belt out of someone's bag and all of the heels just attack him what a moron like what did he think was gonna like right. what are they're gonna just be nice people yeah. all of a sudden like what a d- idiot <laughs> these are the bad guys yeah i love it though and then this is funny there's like one random censored graphic over a punch but it, it's weird because it's only when he's about to throw the punch and then it goes away when he collides what with it. It's, it's really weird. It's, really it's like you, we can't see his face that's scared of the punch. Or <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was really strange. Anyway, uh, Roy Lee Welch tosses Horner out the door and into a cinder block wall in the hallway. <laughs> Chucked out of the room like a big loser. <laughs> I love that they don't care in this company making a face look stupid. Yeah, like true. even Gordon's like, what an idiot. Yeah, like a fucking stupid idiot yeah. trying to do that. <laughs> so we go back to Gordon and Horner here and tim's like yeah you know what that was dumb and he, t- <laughs> Even he admits it <laughs> yeah. and he takes off his sunglasses and he's got like the hulk hogan band-aids on the on his black eye like they just put black makeup and then yeah. put the band-aids on it's yep. good uh he calls royally welch a chicken and says uh someone's gonna have to watch your back jack yeah you get him tim horner i'm not rooting for him he's a doofus i'm being facetious yeah. <laughs> uh he storms off now as gordon's tries to remember like what to do next and apparently gordon says dutch mantel was the last person so, seen with the belt can i, can I just say he throws that knowledge out and then it's never really ever acknowledged like dutch isn't even on the show no. like it's apparently a, uh dutch mental yeah, i don't know that is classic like gordon bullshitting bullshit like, just to move things yeah, along yeah. in the story, and right? They say dutch mantel <laughs> was the last to be seen with her and mm-hmm. i don't know yeah uh so we go to the ringside now where our ring announcer is the likable freddie miller you might have seen no. him in the uh, in he was actually the first guy seen on the wwf black saturday that's true. Freddie Miller was there. He was an NWA guy. Was he guy. involved in that one where, like, the, the company where Bonnie's husband owned it or something? I feel like... Joe Petticino's company? Yeah, I thought Freddie Miller was involved I don't know. That. He might have yeah, been. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, the ring mat is all red, has the Coca-Cola ring skirt. It looks like total shit, like Coca-Cola sponsorship. I love it. It's, it's so it's, bad, but it's, it's good. This, this is this is the kind of garbage that I expect from... Con- yep. It's like, no, it's, it's a dump. It's <laughs> a dump. It's it like, looks we're going to make it work. It's it's awesome. Yeah. I really like it, seriously. So, Freddie Miller introduces Wildcat Wendell Cooley, we've seen him before, mm. to a very happy country song and a nice pop. The music is hideous. Now, can I just say, I'm used to this guy being a super goofy heel, but he's like a big face here. Oh, very face. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen him before, right? Yeah, Plenty but he was times. like an amazing, remember that one, what was it where they were like, there was some kind of like contract or something, <laughs> and it was like all the heels were like in this stupid room yes. in tuxes and like World wild. class, right? Was it world class? I, I, I thought the Fullers were involved in that. Oh, it could have been yeah. Continental yeah, for all it, I know. It was just really dumb. This music is like way too happy, isn't it? Like, I'm from the South or yeah. something. It's really weird. I'm just like my daddy's son. I'm proud of who I am. Who cares? So anyway, Cooley happily shakes hands around ringside before his opponent comes out to no music. And I'm happy about this one. 
It is the dirty white boy, Tony Anthony. And Mm. he's looking especially fucking dirty. I love him. By the way, Cooley is the Southeastern champion, by the way. This is a title match. So Anthony storms out. Yeah, wearing like a dirty diaper. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. He looks so smelly. Like there's literally shit stains on the diaper <laughs> like no. he's uh, or whatever it is I'm, I'm just saying like there's streaks of dirt on the butt no wonder vince made him a plumber yeah like seriously he's probably like, ha, 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 you look like a plumber to be pal. fair like if you just look at this right here and that is teal hopper and by you the way. didn't like ever see him after this and he just would appear in wf one day a plumber makes a lot of sense does. like I, we like know one. the dirty white boy evolved into other things and he's but, so good by the way right I always love the idea that the dirty white boy, he is so disgusting, but he has like this hot chick with him. Yep. Like it's, it's a dirty white girl. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. I, like, I really like him. Like yeah. I'm no bones about it. He, you know, the teal hopper stuff is much later. He, he's awesome. Yeah. He really is. In general, Tony Anthony is a great wrestler. He's great. Yeah. Uh, Gordon, of course, is also on commentary here. The referee is, I don't know, President Buchanan or somebody. <laughs> Circle to start lock up arm drag by Anthony. Back up. Lock up, arm drag by Cooley. Body slam by Cooley. And now Adrian Street. Yes, the exotic Adrian yes, Street. that one. With Miss Linda, his valet. They wander over to Gordon, as Gordon says. We don't see them. Street says, Cooley is a lout and a country bumpkin. I agree. I know. Especially with that music. I know. He's nothing but a blackguard, a lout, and a country bumpkin. Anthony's back in circle lock up again, side headlock by Cooley, and he grinds it in. Street sounds so proper-like, you Extra know what I mean? Extra English. Extra English. I think he's actually... I'm I'm not an expert on British and UK accents, but he is Welsh. I don't know if that's a Welsh accent or if he is doing I, an English accent. I don't know, but someone it, would have to tell yeah, us. It's proper. It's very proper. Someone from the UK, please let us know because I don't know all the different accents. Out I know there. he's notably from watching his documentaries from like the really crappy section of, of England. Of, yeah. No, Wales. He's from Wales. Yeah, I just mean in the the British Isles in general. British like, Isles, one of the yeah. lower class areas. Oh, okay, gotcha. He like his dad was like a miner or something and like that's what he like escaped from. Minor that's, dad. He was going to be a miner too and he like didn't want that's to. Good. Yeah. That would have been a funny show, Minor Dad instead yeah. of Major Dad. He's actually an actual miner. That's it's a callback. Yeah. <laughs> Push off by dirty, drop down. Lead fraud by Cooley and a side headlock takeover on the mat. The fans are going nuts for this shit. They like, love their they, wrestling, they, man. They, they, we're still in the days where it's real to them. Damn yeah, it. man. I, it's, it's great. And I tell you what, I love the show already. I mean, it's just what the doctor ordered for a nice review. You know what I'm saying? It's just very, like, watchable. It just is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, roll over for two by Anthony, but coolly stays in control in the side headlock. As Adrian Street says that Tony Anthony is a good wrestler and he has ringmanship, which sounds very fancy with that accent. Yeah, I agree with Adrian. Yeah, too. Dirty is good. He is good. <laughs> Anthony rolls over again, but only gets a two-count as Cooley maintains control. Gordon reminds us that the Southeastern title is on the line here. Now, Street is the former champion, which is why he is here and has a vested interest. Yeah, kind of the whole time he's just like, I'm going to just get it back. It yeah. doesn't matter. Fuck these guys. Fuck Wendell Cooley. I've never <laughs> lost a match other than that time. Yeah. It was like bullshit. He cheated. Yep. Like, it's all that kind of thing. It, it's that gimmick. Irish whip is reversed by Cooley here, but Anthony with a stiff forearm and some stomps. Street now, <laughs> on commentary, puts over his uh, shoulder scissors hold, which he says that no one in 37 different countries can escape, but... Cooley only escaped it because it, he had a lot of oil on him. Yes. the day, the day These are the days, Joe, when the oil was like a new thing. Oh, and they yeah. would always talk about it. The oil. It's real. You're They'd not allowed like, to put it you're on. You're not allowed to put baby, baby oil. It's bullshit. It is like, bullshit. Yeah. Slipping out of holds. Yeah, it's crap. Can't be doing that. Now Adrian makes fun of bullwhip matches and all this other crap that Cooley does. He says it's stupid. And have you noticed since uh, that time, all he's done is come out with these ridiculous matches with bull rips 
and bull ropes and saddles and all that sort of thing. I want to get him in a ring in a straightforward wrestling match. Wrestling is the name of this uh, business, and it's exactly what I intend doing to this oaf. Anthony with a knee drop and a choke with the knee is a European uppercut in a series of elbow drops on the pectoralis majors, according to Gordon. <laughs> Pectoralis Major. <laughs> Pectoralis Major, Dad. Lateral press gets half a count here as we get a chin lock by Anthony. Gordon brings up how uh, time is the ally of the champion in the event of a draw, and Street's like, you know, that's bullshit. I like the point system. <laughs> this is very English. It's like, yep. wait, was he in fucking uh, Big Daddy's company or whatever? Maybe. Yeah, he probably was. He could have been. Yeah. Maybe not as exotic Adrian yeah. Street, but regular Adrian I don't Street. know. That company seemed very welcoming of an exotic True. Adrian. They didn't give a shit. They didn't. That place was wild. They kids wrestling in yeah. their underwear yeah. there. They don't care. <laughs> yeah. Wrestling in churches. I think they would be just perfectly fine with Adrian Street <laughs> to be 100% honest with you. Cooley powers up out of the chin lock but Anthony grinds him back down. Cooley is able to land a mule kick though and fire away. Irish whip. Nice back elbow by Cooley. Nice savat kick now. Corner whip by Cooley. Right hands in the corner. Anthony reverses another whip though and sends Cooley right into the ref who goes down and then Miss Linda wanders over. Jabs Cooley with a crutch. The ref gets up in time to count the pin. We have a new Southeastern champion. Wait, what? Just like on this show. Well, actually I've seen title change hands on this wow. show so i thought at this point i'm like oh okay casual like, title change because it, it's it's continental they just they don't care no they like, don't they, care. it's like the titles flip all over the place it's like whoever we need to have a match with you know <laughs> yeah and they have like 12 titles anyway yeah, they, they don't care <laughs> and adrian street's like oh i missed that i had a little makeup in my eye i'm sorry i missed that i got a little bit of makeup in my eye i just missed uh what, what was that gordon um Cooley protest no avail and then street's like oh i guess i'll have to challenge tony anthony and i like the boy <laughs> It's just funny. I really like that little line. Yeah. There. The fact that like he was just like, oh, I'll just move on to Dirty White Blade. Yes. I don't have to deal with that yeah. Wendell Cooley yeah. anymore. It's like, oh, I like him. I like yeah. him, but I have to challenge him. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's exactly. It's pretty funny. Then the referee looks under the ring, sees Miss Linda hiding under there with a crutch, and just gives the belt back to Cooley. Now, wait, what is this? That's not how... You don't get, like, especially in this company where they can't afford it to replay and all that. Yeah. Like, what... That's bullshit. How does he know for sure that she did anything? The ref didn't see it. He right. can't call what he didn't see. Ex- That's a gorilla line. Exactly. Right and Gordon should know that, too. Gordon should have been like, this is crap. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's right? like, I don't like that there was cheating, but... <laughs> Hey, Still, hey, the referee's decision is final. He can't overturn it. <laughs> and Street's like, how dare he? Uh, as we now get to see Street finally with Gordon. And of course, Adrian looks ridiculous. He looks like a fucking doofus. It's amazing, too, because his voice is so proper. So proper. You really wouldn't know that he looks like this. Like, when it goes back to him, you're like, wait, what? Like, yeah. if you've never seen yeah. like him before? He was, folks, in case you don't know too much about him, we don't see him a lot because of the stuff we watch because he wasn't really in the major stuff. He wasn't in major promotions. He's already about 46 years old here. It's because his age. He started wrestling in like the 70s, and that's when he started the outlandish gimmick. But that was like before anybody. Yeah. So a lot of people like ripped off like Adrian Adonis, like what he was doing. Yes, and Um, Goldust was influenced by this. Right. So that that strange, bizarre kind of character, like that dress is weird. That is all Adrian Street like invented it. Yeah. It was basically like he took Gorgeous George and just cranked it up to 11, you yeah, know, and, and added, very some, flamboyant. added some elements to it. And uh, he's a good gimmick and he's he's fun and I like him a lot. So he gets on Gordon's case now. What, what was this? He's like, by the way, you didn't go to uh, Anthony's wedding or something like that. And then he just leaves. And what the hell is going what on? It's just a random comment. Yeah. And he just leaves. It, like, it just oh. to me, it adds to the chaos of this fucking show. It's just like talking about other things. Yelling at Gordon for not going to a wedding. Right. Of all like, things. Well, all right. 
right. Uh, thank you, but it's a little bit late, you know. You've got it right there. Never mind about being late. You were informed. So Gordon tries to figure out what to do next. And I guess the answer to that is bring in Scott Armstrong, who looks like Screech. And his gigantic <laughs> 80s glasses. It's like, I am a dork. Hi! Yeah. <laughs> so but you don't, listen, listen, I understand, like, I wear glasses, you wear glasses. Yeah. But when you're wrestling, you don't wear glasses. <laughs> like, he's in wrestling gear. Yeah, his belly shirt and yeah, all that, right? Like, and, and the trunks and yeah. everything. Like, he's in, re- you just, no, no glasses at this point. <laughs> So well, leave the glasses like on the table next to the curtain or whatever. Leave the glasses alone. Yeah. That's it. He talks about how his brother Brad is out with some injuries, but Scott says he's going to get Jerry Stubbs. Why do I care about this? I don't, this? Know. I don't yeah. really like Scott Armstrong yeah, I don't, very much. I never liked him. Yet. No. I don't like any of the Armstrong kids other than Road Dog. I like Brad. Brad's good. Yeah. <laughs> you never like Brad. Someone educate Quinn on how good Brad is, please. Brad's okay, but Brad's he's, good. Again, doesn't have the uh, charisma of the Road Dog. Yeah. He kind of did sometimes. Road Dog's the man. Scott is bad, though. Yeah. Scott's not very good. Scott's not very Scott's good. Scott's not good. Uh, so now we get some footage, I guess last week, of Jerry Stubbs trying to give Brad a brain buster on a chair before Scott ran in. I most doubt the ref is just casually sitting in the corner during yeah. all this, like his hand on his face looking like he's just disappointed yeah. or something. <laughs> also, they don't even clarify how Brad got hurt because he doesn't get hit here. Yes, that like, was confusing, right? Yeah, like Scott's like, right, this is where my brother got hurt. I mean, yeah. It's like nothing happened. All they show is like Scott making the save right. so nothing happens to Brad. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, Jerry Stubbs now runs into this interview. With a stupid hat on. Like, so later on you find out that this hat is part of the gimmick because he's like bald. He yeah. looks like fucking Vern Gagne or something. <laughs> but like, yeah. like that. It's, it's He just looks like a goof. He looks like, um, it's like a fishing hat. What's the guy? Do you remember that movie where they're on the road and he's high or whatever the whole time? like a 60s or 70s style movie but it's like in the 90s uh, it's like a famous book or I'm the one sure. with hunter s thompson yes the hunter s yeah. it's a hunter s thompson hat. which he, movie though fear and loathing fear and loathing yeah. that's what i'm thinking yeah. of yeah, <laughs> yeah he so does that, have that style he, hat. he looks like hunter s thompson <laughs> where hunter s thompson even like the 60s was fucking old already yeah. like and he tried to look like a hippie with the hat on yeah i got yeah. you <laughs> Yeah, it's that. That's funny. So, uh, so, so Stubbs now hands Gordon a piece of paper, and it says that Scott Armstrong's super kick has been barred by the NWA. Seems like a pretty drastic decision. Very much. So Stubbs leaves, and now Gordon picks up the paper, and he reads it, and tells us it's a notarized letter from Bob Geigel, the president. And he reads it like somebody's grandpa, <laughs> yeah. like, all eh, what is eh. That's been notarized here by yeah. Bob Geigel, yeah. president of the NWA. The National Wrestling Alliance, by order of the president, Bob Geigel, hereby outlaws the super kick as used by Scott Armstrong. It's notarized. There's a signature. Hey. And Scott's like, I don't fucking care. I'm going to use a super kick if I now, want what to. Was this? <laughs> like, he just, like, immediately is defying the president's order. Yeah. This is Bob. That'd Bob be Gaggle. like if you defied Mishima or something. And you don't do that. Shinma. What? <laughs> <laughs> so Scott leaves now as Gordon. This is the best. Gordon's like, hey, can somebody please call Bob Geigel in Kansas City? Let's make sure this is legit. Let's get a hold of Bob Geigel on the phone, please. Yeah. Yeah. Call Bob Geigel. Ask him about this outlawing of the super kick and uh, get that information to me. Call Bob Geigel, please, right away in Kansas City. I love Gordon here. He's not standing for this shit. Like, get Geigel on the 
fucking phone now. <laughs> like, we're not waiting. It's like, amazing, not, right? It's not like he says we're doing this, like, after the episode's <laughs> no. over. Like, no, it's like, I need to know. And this is like, this begins to, like, in this whole show where Gordon is just fucking fed up with all the crap going yep. on in this company. All the heels doing bullshit like, and stuff he, like that. He, his character is, he's this, like, old style announcer that it's like, he hates this place. Like he hates it. Like, but like it's intentional, right? Yeah, it's, right, right. It's such a great. Ca- I wish that the like. Why does WWE or any of those companies not realize like how fun that is when the announcer is turning on the show? Well, they did that with Michael Cole, and it was terrible. Yeah, but Michael Cole wasn't turning on the show. He he was like all about himself. Gordon is just like this shit is not right. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, we I mean? need some order around here. Yeah, exactly. yeah I love how he's like, hey, Sonny, can you get that Bob yeah, guy? Go yeah, it's, it's just go get him now it's awesome that's like something gorilla would do yeah that's very similar you know exactly. that position of authority uh so we go to break here and then we come back to hype up the big august 9th show in knoxville be there i will uh back to gordon and he's with adrian street and miss linda to plug the knoxville show again adrian looking extra stupid as linda like combs his hair so yeah <laughs> we now throw over to freddie miller who's with wildcat wendell cooley in front of a plain white wall cooley taunts street about this match because apparently if street loses miss linda's hair gets shaved now i love that gimmick of a man because the idea of the lady getting her yeah. head shaved because the guy lost is actually really funny it's great yeah, it's great. I mean, and the, and the fans eat that kind of stuff up. You know yeah. what I mean? Because I, it's more devastating if a woman gets her hair shaved than yeah. a guy. Oh, get her hair shaved! Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's the fans. They really back then. Those are the fans. They knew how to like. They just knew like certain things in society <laughs> that they could just. Man, a woman getting her head shaved—that's like fucking taboo, right? Like you know, like they knew the right buttons to push. Yep. Like that'll get people in an arena. Oh, hell yeah! Come yeah. on, Phil. We gotta go down the arena. The lady might get her head watch, shaved. Watch, the pretty lady, no less. Yeah. yeah. The pretty lady. Get, watch the pretty lady get her head shaved. <laughs> Back to Gordon now with Adrian, where Adrian's like, <laughs> this is so funny. What's wrong with him? I told you there's something strange about a cowboy. <laughs> well, such a good line. Street wants to know why Wendell is always picking on Miss Linda, and he's going to get her a wig if he has to. I'm fine with all this, and also, can I just say, the, yeah. the fact that he says, why is he picking on Miss Linda at, at five seconds ago, we just sort of, like, shove a fucking <laughs> yeah. crush up his, like, chin. Yeah. Like, like, devastatingly. The clear, like, heel delusion, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, why is he always picking on her? She's just a lady. Like, <laughs> yeah. what, what does she do? Meanwhile, she's Sherry Martelling him. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? It's, it's really good. <laughs> and Gordon's like, yeah, as we go back to break, <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> he's just like, ah, whatever. <laughs> All right, we're back to ringside now, where we have a Continental Championship Wrestling heavyweight title match. This is just on the show, the main belt of the show. Okay. All right. <laughs> they, again, they don't care. They don't. Uh, first in the ring is the challenger, Scott Armstrong, and mm-hmm. his opponent is the CCW champion, Mr. Perfect. Jerry Stubbs. Yes, the original Mr. Right. This is a fear and loathing man again. Yes. Now, I was going to make a joke and say, well, maybe he vacated in 88, and that's why Kurt Hennig had to face the rooster. Mm-hmm. But I looked into it. He was with Kurt in Japan in 88, and he gave Kurt his blessing what? to use the nickname. Are you serious? That yes. connected? Yes. That's incredible. He gave Kurt his blessing. I mean, I bet Vince would have done it anyway. Why does Jerry Stubbs have, like, dibs on this well, shit? Well, because he I was mean, the look, first one to use it. Yeah, but he's also, like, look at him. But there's, like, a code of respect with wrestlers. It's like, if you're going to use someone's finisher or get you, you talk to I guess because if they ever toured in Alabama, like, people would be like, what the fuck? Jerry Stubbs is Mr. Perfect. <laughs> right. He's been doing this for years. Correct. Like, yeah. Right, right. So, little interesting tidbit there. But anyway, Stubbs gets on the mic to clarify now. Remember, he had this letter. The super kick is barred, and if Armstrong uses it, Stubb, Stubbs wins. That's right. Although, something mm. tells me this note 
is fake. Well, Gordon's suspicious. And I actually hope that it's fake because funny. For, you know what I want to say about this? This is that is, this is really great. Yeah. Is because they don't really like I don't remember them saying that this match was even going to happen. Like the way they were talking about it before was like, oh, something in some high school gym somewhere right. last week or right, whatever. Right. And then it just happens. Yes. They're just like the note that they talked about comes into play. Yes. Like, right here. Right? right. Like immediately. And the best part is, is after Stubbs says that, like, oh, it's illegal. Freddie Miller's like, well, we're going to let Gordon figure that out. Right. <laughs> what was that? Wait, wait, what? Like, why? I don't get why Gordon is just like dad. Because like, he's they, like on the case, man. Yeah, Detective yeah. Gordon Soley. Got to figure this out. Uh, so anyway, Stubbs is reluctant to take his Hunter S. Thompson hat off. He doesn't want to show the bald spot. He looks like Vern. He Again, does. he looks like fucking Vern. He has Vern's like, haircut. He takes it off, and he's just got the fucking regular like underpants and the boots, <laughs> no no knee pads. He's fucking Vern guy. You know? <laughs> like, how old is Jerry Stubbs, like, in all seriousness? Um, probably looked, not very. Probably, like, mid-late 30s here. You think he's just one of those guys that looks... Uh-huh. He's like Iron Anderson or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, I think he's only in his mid-30s. Uh, Roy George, or Boy George, or whoever is the referee, lock up in an arm drag by Scott, who still has a stupid belly shirt on. Armbar by Scott, but Stubbs makes the ropes. Both men up. Circle, lock up. Side headlock by Stubbs. Push off by Scott, but a shoulder block by Stubbs. Off the ropes again. Nice hip toss by Scott into an arm drag takedown. Armbar on the mat now into a hammer lock. Lots of arm. Get on with it. <laughs> you this, love the see, arm. This is one thing about this show is the matches are a little... Mm. This is a little long, Yeah, this match. It's not bad, though. Yeah. Scott drives and he's in as Gordon gets word that someone is getting Bob Geigel on the phone this, as we speak. This is great. This is, And you know what's great about this? It's just the timing. It's literally as I was starting to get bored with the match, then Gordon's like, yeah, we got him on the phone. Yeah. He, like, and I was like, oh my God, I love this it's show. It's so like, good, right? They always like, they fade, the timing is always like, they don't let it get too lame. Yeah, they there's always, like, always so, something. So, something happens. It's like, great. It's yes. really well produced, this show. Like, it, it, this was right on time, too, yep. because this is right when it was like a little arm lock and boring. Lock, yeah, and yep. you're just like, what is this shit? Like, everything else is so entertaining. It's, and then Gordon just storms in <laughs> yep. with the phone call. We're getting him on the phone now. Yeah. <laughs> Both men up as Gordon is still handling the letter business here. Off the rope, Stubbs with a couple of shoulder blocks. Scott now teases the super kick, which scares Stubbs off. I thought that was a nice touch. Lock up in a wrist lock into an arm ringer by Stubbs. Clothesline sends Armstrong back down. Stubbs hammers away for a while to maintain control. As the bell rings for zero reason, like nothing. They, they just ignore it. Yeah, probably an accident, yeah. right? Uh, body slam by Stubbs and an elbow drop for two. He tries another, but Scott escapes. Lands the super kick. And all the ref does is get a little huffy as Stubbs is dead on the outside. So the ref only warned him. I thought it was banned. Like the ref knows. <laughs> I guess like Freddie Miller and the ref and Gordon are like, no, we don't know if this is real yet. So they're just it's like halvesies. Like you just get a warning yeah, for guess, until like, it's like official from Guy on the phone. Yeah, maybe if like Gordon hands him the phone and he's like, yeah, it's it's illegal. Yeah, you know, it says a lot of what they think about notarizing that they don't even believe it. Like, they, <laughs> well, maybe they just don't like Jerry Stubbs. Yeah. They're like, this guy's full of shit. <sighs> maybe, but maybe. Uh, it still was notarized. It was notarized. You're yeah. right about that. Maybe not certified, though. Yeah. Armstrong goes out and punches Stubbs in the face, sends him back in the ring. Meanwhile, Gordon is getting word that the super kick is legal. In other words, it was a forgery. I knew it, and it's still hilarious. <laughs> it's, like, it's so good. St- Scott and Stubbs now battle all the way back up the aisle into the fans. CC Dub. CC dub. <laughs> the ref follows them down, and Scott re-enters the ring as we just go to break. I guess the match is over. It's really unexplained <laughs> yeah. what happened here. You're just supposed to assume it's over. It's I don't like know. Fighting in the fans. It's yeah, like, eh, and then Scott runs away. He's yeah, that's back it. In the ring. Yep. We come back now where Gordon is with Scott, and then from across the arena where Stubbs is, he very, very sternly tells him about the forgery. That piece of paper was a forgery, sir. Yeah. <laughs> very stern. We just got word from President of the NWA, Bob Geigel. 
That piece of paper you gave me is a forgery, sir. Freddie and Stubbs are in the ring. Stubbs is bitching about this, saying, Hey, I went all the way to Kansas City to get this signed by Bob Goggle. You notice how they all keep noting, noting it's like Kansas City, Kansas yeah, City. Kansas City. All the way in Kansas City. Yeah, exactly. So back to Gordon, where Scott is very appreciative of the super kick still being legal. Also, they're now going to be having soon a false count anywhere match, and he's going to super kick Stubbs' ass anywhere. Yeah, in 86. False count anywhere. I yeah, love it. it's crazy, right? I love all of this. Stubbs now butts in to say that he never signed up for no false count anywhere match because he's not an idiot, and Gordon's like, well, he has no choice. I love how Gordon just says all boldly and stern in like the grandpa voice, even though he has like zero authority. <laughs> I love that he's just literally like, you don't have a choice. Yeah. Why? It's not up like, to Gordon. He, he say, he's like, I didn't sign the contract for that match. And Gordon's like, well, that, I don't think you're in. You have yeah, to fight him. Fuck you. Yeah. What is with Gordon always having this vague position of authority they wherever he is? It ever, no, it's great. It, but it's understood. It's like, understood. Like, Stubbs just listens to him. Yeah, he's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. It's like, oh, Gordon said it. I guess. <laughs> Gotta do it. Yeah. Go to break now. Come back where Freddie Miller is in front of a steel cage. It's right. It's our six man tag with TV time remaining. When's the last time you heard TV time remaining on a cage match, by the way? It's just, never. It's just really weird. Been a while. Yeah. Entering first. The team of luscious Robert Fuller. That's, of course, Colonel Parker. Right, the Colonel Parker. There he is. Gorgeous Jimmy Golden. That's Bunkhouse Buck. Good. And Dr. Tom Pritchard. Yes! I dig this team a lot. They are Love ridiculous. It. All three guys are awesome, folks. And their opponents for the steel wire cage, as Freddie says, they entered as some peppy rock tune. It's like fake Born to be Wild. Kind of. Yeah, I don't know what that song was. But they are Tommy Rich, Steve Armstrong, and... The intern. Who? I have no idea. This, can I just say this intern gimmick is amazing? Just yeah. Well, he's got like a big dumb white mask yeah. on. He's dressed more like a doctor, not an intern. I don't understand. But you know what? Fuck it. We have a steel cage match on TV. Like we have this weird guy that's a doctor, but he's not. He's an intern, and he's got a man. I don't. It's very weird. He's like he's tall. He's yeah. like very tall. Who is this guy? Yeah. I actually looked him up. I'll tell you later. Uh, everyone's in the ring though. We immediately have a pure sixer. Now this will be chaos. Yes. I mean, this is a continental cage match on TV. Yes. I, I don't expect a five-star classic. No. And this cage, by the way, Quinn, is so dumpy, but in a good way. It's it's continental dumpy. Yeah, it's not even tall Yeah, for a cage. It's pretty short. It just looks like it's shit. It's a fucking fence. Yeah, that's all it is. And I'm not even going to try to call this. Gordon doesn't either, because there's six guys in there. A lot of leaning around, a lot of punching. Basically, all kinds of asses kicked by yep. everyone. I don't even need to say who. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. Now, I looked up the intern. His name is Johnny Rich, and he's, he's no relation to Tommy Rich, and he's wearing this, like, big white smock. He looks really fucking stupid. He's like Doofy Kane. <laughs> you know what? The, the I have to say, this intern, he's actually not bad. No, he's not bad. He, he just looks dumb. He looks dumb. I Are we sure this wasn't some... It's nobody. It's just nobody. Johnny Rich. Like, Ooh. he's nothing. I don't I'm know. Weird. I don't know. The heels get in control, though, and beat the crap out of all the faces for a while. As Gordon says, the cage match will cut you up like a cleaver. Zero people are bleeding yet <laughs> when he says this. That's true. Good thing the intern is dressed like a butcher, maybe, yeah. with a cleaver. More brawling and stuff as Gordon reminds us that this is a steel cage match, just in case you didn't notice the giant fence around the ring. Uh, now Fuller is busted open, which is good. His selling is, like, very heroic here because there's a part when he, like, he gets, like, slapped or something yeah. and he jumps onto, like, the top rope because you know how when the cage is up, it's, like, easier to climb? Yeah, yeah. He jumps up 
as he's selling getting hit and then he like passes out <laughs> so from the top it's insane he's so it's colonel parker man yeah. he's awesome colonel parker is one of those guys that like nobody everyone just remembers the colonel parker and you think oh he's a piece of paper like yeah. he's just easy to beat up or whatever he was like a great heel great heel continental, because continental was his company basically yeah and his a, brother and a great talker yeah. too i mean yeah. he's an overall so really, underrated really good talent yeah the intern meanwhile still looks really moronic here the faces are now all in control as tommy rich goes to work on fuller the crowd is loving everything absolutely meanwhile someone and this time i don't know who they don't even I, it looked like fucking Vern cooley what's his name it looked, <laughs> what's his, uh, stubbs Vern stubbs it might yeah. have been Vern stubbs but it's like an ether soaked rag allegedly <laughs> i really hope it was literally nothing and they just i'm not kidding <laughs> it could have been because you never see the thing go no. away. It's just like it's almost like he just put they put their hands together yeah. between the cage, and then all of a sudden he had something. And they put it on the intern. The intern's down and out. I don't even know what's going on here. Meanwhile, Tommy Rich is getting his ass kicked by Golden and Pritchard, and now Fuller Wando wanders over to join the fun. All the faces are down and out as the heels just calmly leave. Apparently, Tommy Rich got the pin on a suplex or something. Yeah, I, I don't know what that was. Yeah, the, the, I saw it, but I thought it was only a two count. So did I. Yeah. But apparently they won. The faces won. But they're all wiggling around in pain here. As we go back to Gordon, who says the mystic one is coming here. The mystic one. He can allegedly foresee the future through a crystal ball or what have you. And then we get a pre-taped promo from the mystic. Of course, it's Kevin Sullivan looking kind of younger as he calls out bullet Bob Armstrong. Now, this is I love this because they Gordon's all like he's a mystic and Crystal Crystal Balls and all this bullet. He just looks like a regular guy in like a t shirt. Yeah. Not mystic at all, perfectly yep. normal, like not talking creepy or anything. Right, right, just normal voice. And uh, he calls the bullet. Now, that's the masked bullet, which is allegedly Bob Armstrong. We're not sure. He calls him one of the greatest wrestlers ever and says he's risen above all these people trying to end his career. He sounds like Vince Russo the whole time. Boston-baked Russo, yeah. kind yeah. of. The Tennessee stud, in his infinite wisdom, has taken men and sent them to you to first of all to end your career and then to embarrass you he's like you've been dancing you've been boogalooing however he's been lured into a false sense of security because all those guys that have tried to end his career before they were just Aaron boys this is bob like <laughs> bob 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 <laughs> bob 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 but sullivan he's not an Aaron boy he's an assassin and the difference is one thing termination awesome promo quinn kevin sullivan he's very ever again these are you know what a lot of these ccw guys ended up in companies that misused them right in the 90s right all these people were very talented oh absolutely yeah tony anthony kevin sullivan colonel parker right a lot of them there's yeah. a lot of these guys a lot of talent dr tom yeah you know like he was kind of mishandled in wwf right it's true great wrestler anyway we go back now to tim horner and the bullet with Freddie Miller. Bullet talks about Kevin Sullivan and says he's going to have to just get his ass down in Knoxville. He might have mystical powers, but Bullet also has something hidden away in his trunks. Yeah, we know. He had five kids. Uh, <laughs> Horner now barks about Royally Welch and the weather. He's like, when I tell you it's going to rain, you best bring an umbrella. And then he uses uh, the phrase, that eh, sticks in my craw because of the South. Tim Horner is an idiot also. <laughs> he just, is. just keep saying it. He's just so doofy. Yeah. Uh, Freddie continues to hype up the big Knoxville show while Bullet just stands there awkwardly. It was really weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Back to ringside now for another match in the ring. Making his debut, his first appearance on CCW is Larry Wright. Newcomer. <laughs> they say this. He's like 
55 years old. He's <laughs> fat as shit. It's amazing. Like, he's so shitty. This guy was a slob. Oh, horrible. Horrible. He, he looks like literally like maybe he was Bullet Bob's like friend. friend. Like, he, he runs the like, I don't know, like the taco stand yeah, or on the pub strip. or yeah, something. You know, like some kind of food. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, something. Well, he eats food. Something where like maybe literally like he's the guy serving the hot dogs, but like in the parking lot, <laughs> not in the arena. Hot that, dog vendor in the parking yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what he looks like. <laughs> anyway, bad to the bone fires up now as the bullet enters to probably kick this guy's ass in two minutes, I hope. Well, another noted old man. So at least this is fair. True, they're both like, old. And honestly. He has way more charisma than his sons. Bullet Bob is awesome in this show. Absolutely, he like, does this like cool dance thing when he comes. It's awesome. He's great. Yeah, Bob Armstrong is really good. It's There's actually, like, <laughs> I really think the mask does good things for him because it makes him look less old. Yeah, because he has an older face by now. Right. Yeah, exactly. But he's really good. Yeah, I like him. Uh, Larry takes off his shirt now, which reveals his retired attorney physique. What a slob! Like, total slob. Big gut. We have a bell lock up. Clean break on the ropes. Lock up again. In in the corner. Right misses a right hand. Uh, bullet fires back with twelve punches. Takes right down. Back up. Grapple. Hip tossed by the bullet. Lock up again. On the ropes. And a big right and a fat knee and a dusty elbow by Larry Wright. And then. A headbutt irish whip awful back elbow by larry at about like 0.5 speed just terrible <laughs> irish whip again duck under by the bullet and a high cross body gets the win for the bullet good i like how this show just moved that was yeah. like very quick it was like a minute that that's match. how long it should have yeah, been yeah, too it's, right it's like bullet beats the shit out of larry and go Every- back to the hot dog stand yeah. larry everyone's happy and then gordon literally says uh, larry Wright became larry wrong it's like <laughs> gordon gordon's joke book over here i love it yeah larry Wright became larry wrong Back to ringside now where Tommy Rich, Steve Armstrong, and the intern are all suddenly fine. Tommy Rich says, everything going on, if you know what I mean. No, I don't know what you mean. How is this guy world champion, Tommy Rich? I'm serious. Like, he... There's nothing that seems that appealing He's about him. good. Yeah. What, who did he beat? Like, Harley Race, too? Didn't he beat Ric Flair? No, he beat Harley Race. Wasn't it before Flair? Oh, I thought it was, like, some brief intermission in one of Ric Flair's reigns. I think it was in a Harley Race reign. You're right. Tommy Bitch. So anyway, Gordon talks about Tommy's boots as we get footage of some shit going down in Knoxville recently. Something about how like Rob Fuller has an orthopedic boot or something. <laughs> it's, it's very CCW. Very CCW. And then the intern talks and he says nothing that matters. He sounds normal too, even though he looks like a dude. By the way, yeah. did you notice that? He's just like, hi, I'm the intern. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm a perfectly normal guy in a doctor's coat and a mask. Why? Like, what is the point yeah, of the gimmick? I don't, I don't get what he is. He's I like, swear, how you doing? <laughs> I swear he's somebody's friend. They're like, you're tall. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Can you wrestle? Yeah. Okay, you can come work they here. They needed somebody to fill in. It was weird. Yeah. Gordon quickly just cuts everybody off and goes to break. But when we come back again, Gordon's with Fuller, Golden, and Dr. Tom. But first, now we have to throw over to Freddie Miller with the faces again. And the intern, unfortunately, talks more, mentions the boot again. Can we just hear about yes. this? Like, Why are we doing that? I don't understand. I swear, we hear the word boot like 32 times das in three boot. minutes. Yeah, Das Boot. Back to Gordon with the heels. Golden and Fuller now are just both yelling about the boot. I do love Fuller, of course. And then he says, Dr. Tom is a real doctor. And he's the one that prescribed that Fuller needs to wear the boot. That's amazing. That's fucking Fuller logic right there. That is amazing. He's like, well, he's a doctor. Yeah, his name's Dr. Tom. The fuck you, intern. You're just an intern at the yeah, doctor. This is my real doctor, oh, yeah. and he told me I need to wear this. Anyway, why back. is he even doctor? Where it's did never, that come from? Never like, explained. It's amazing. It's good that he still is too. 
Yeah. He's still Dr. Tom all these years yeah, later. It's true. Anyway, we go back to break again. We come back where Gordon is with the alleged United States Junior Heavyweight Champion Roy Welch and his really stupid, like, <laughs> margarine commercial crown. I love everything about this last segment. It's so here. good. It's so good. So he throws, Welch does, to what he says is a tape-recorded phone call where the president, Ronald Reagan... Yes, the Ronald Reagan. The actor! Allegedly was congratulating Roy on coming back to CCW, and he just sings his praises. What the hell is this? Well, you know, I'm very happy that you've come back to... I've never done a Reagan, is that okay? No. Decent? Bad. Yeah, it's fine. Middling? I've never done one. You don't say. Anyway, this is amazing. Reagan says that at the White House, we still consider you the champion. On behalf of OVP... I apologize for this atrocity. The idea of Ronald Reagan would even care about <laughs> Continental Championship Wrestling is fucking incredible. It's, I can't believe it. I it's, love this. The, and, they, and, and Gordon just acts that he doesn't, he's not even appalled at the White House no. part. It's just how stupid this just, is, is what bothers him. Gordon's like side-eyeing the camera practically. Yeah, yeah. Like, really? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the president now invites Welsh to come to the White House anytime he's down in Washington. Gordon's like, yeah, I don't know about that. You know what? I've heard all I can hear this week. And he just gets out of <laughs> here. Gordon's character <laughs> the show rules it was amazing he's just like this is fucking boring. fuck this shit we're out of here i've had enough get out of here like, he's like that's all that's all i can take he can't put up with any of this like all like everything in this show is intolerable it's amazing. to him like, yeah it's so good so anyway this is that's it credits roll i had no problem with this show it was pretty much exactly what i was looking for just what dr tom ordered it was solid yep. it was fun silly southern style wrestling I need this every now and then. Yep, this is a fun, silly show. I never tire of Continental. Just bring more of it. We got to do one at least every season. We it's have so to. good. It, it really is. Just the, just going off with that Ronald Reagan thing <laughs> yeah. is just like that is so them. Yes, like, that is so just whatever. Like <laughs> they just throw a little throwaway Gordon, gag. Gordon essentially, this show fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. so long. I've had enough. Like gotta go somewhere else now. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Continental, folks, this one's on YouTube if you want to see it. You can find it. It's July 26, 86. Just a fun time. If you know more about some of the angles that were going on and some of the wrestlers, who the hell the intern is and yeah. what, why, let us know. If you know why Dr. Tom is a doctor, yeah. let us know. And I'd like to ask you folks as we get out of here, if you have iTunes, Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. We would really appreciate that. If you could do it right now, that'd be great. Also, if you want the pay-per-views and the extra content, you go to patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Uh, but Quinn, we will be back next week. More reviewing royal rankings all kinds of good stuff folks be sure to follow us on twitter at ovp podcast shoot us an email or join the group but until next time that's about all i can take for this week i'm joe Morata. that's michael quinn and we are out of here see ya let's go to this uh this uh, tape-recorded phone call. I would like to take this opportunity to welcome Roy Lee Welch to his, well, very successful return to wrestling. Nancy and I watch Continental Wrestling every week here at the White House, and, well, we think that uh, you're a great asset to America, Roy, and really are the very example of what makes America stand tall. We understand that uh, you never really lost the U.S. Junior Heavyweight title, but that it was taken from you from the promotion. Well, here at the White House, we all still consider you the champion. I always knew that, uh, well, with your ability and desire to excel, that one day you would uh, be the king of wrestling. Well, remember, anytime you're in Washington, don't hesitate to stop in and see us. 
Nancy and I's doors are always open to you, Roy, and for what it's worth, get them for the Gipper. Well, I, I, I find that very difficult. What a, guy, what a guy that Ron is. I mean, that, that proves right there that I've got a lot of political pull. I know a lot of people, but I don't have to use it to get what I want because I am the king of wrestling, and I am truly the United States junior champion, Gordon. I think we've heard all I can take.